Hello and welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. And I'm Russell Howell. And this is Talk by Chance. We talk all things movies, television, streaming, news, all of that good stuff. And yeah, this is uh, we've this has been a little bit of a long gestating episode. Uh, you know, we want to get this out earlier, but you know, things happen. Life happens. Things happen. And you know, Russell uh, was going through a little little uh, personal matter. If you want to talk about it a little bit, Russ. Yeah, um, got a uh, phone call last Monday um, from my my mother's significant other, her boyfriend, or whatever, what have you. They never married. Um, that uh, my my mom passed away, so it was a uh, it was a rough phone call. Um, one that I mean, obviously, it'll be etched in my uh, memory forever. Um, I was literally with her the day before, so it was kind of uh, very surreal. Um, just one of those moments where you know. You, you never know when, when your uh, number gets pulled, and it was one of those things where it was super unfortunate, um, especially right so close to Mother's Day, um, yeah, just in general. But, um, but yeah, it was one of those things where, um, you know, I, I had to have some time away, um, obviously. But, um, you know, I, I feel, you know, back close to where I used to be. Not quite there yet, but uh, I'm good enough to uh, talk about it and uh, just uh, try to get back to the regular swing of things in life, yeah. Of course, of course, and you know this is a, being said with mothers. This, this, this is a good dedication to all mothers out there. Like, I'm fortunate I still, still have my mom. My mom's yeah. fair, fairly young, so uh, you know, if you if you sell your mom out there, call your mom. Give your, give, your, give your mom a hug if you can. That's what I told my buddies. I told my buddies that Monday night when um, you know I had obviously she had passed. She had had a heart attack uh, in the, the I guess the afternoon be monday afternoon but i told all my friends to make sure that they do that because like i said i was with her the day before um everything was perfectly fine so it was crazy how you know you go from you know sunday to monday but um you know it happens uh just try to move on from it you know just remember all the good times and um you know just try to get back into the swing of things of daily life you know i know but you know we'll start start off there but you know we're still gonna have fun today uh, this is our what was meant to be our twentieth. Well, it's still is our twentieth. Our twentieth anniversary <laughs> episode on yeah. "Catch Me If You Can," which um, what a what a fucking film to talk about. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, before we get into that, we got to get the uh, so first of which is the wonderful world of sports. Uh, mainly going to be talking about the draft since that did uh, occur during this little hiatus. But I do want to talk about one sports, uh, one baseball story. And that's the Phillies uh, this past Thursday giving up a seven to one lead against the Mets in the ninth inning. Yeah, it was that, it, that, that. it was good. It was gravy. The Phillies were about to cruise to a win that they desperately needed, uh, but in come the Mets, uh, rallying in seven seven runs in one inning. Crazy. Yeah, that's that 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 is a collapse we very rarely see in baseball now. Well, not very rarely, but it's, it's pretty rare we see a team lose that like, like that. Especially, I mean, obviously in the last inning. Yeah, that's you don't see that too too often. Yeah, the Mets. Yeah, the Mets won that to maintain, basically maintain control of the National League. They're top of the East. Uh, I think you, if you stack them up, they'd be top of the division or top of the conference. I, sh- I should say. I think I think they're the best. Uh, I think I think it was uh, what. Wasn't it at one time? I think it was the Yankees and the Mets, both the top of AL and NL. Well, Yankees are still top of AL, 18-7, which does not bode well for long term. Because I really think we need to fire Aaron Boone. 
I, I do not like him as a manager. I feel like these string of wins is going to end up costing us long term because I, I don't think the guy's very good at his job. But, you know, we'll see how that turns out. If we, hey, if we can get into the World Series, fantastic. Regardless, we still need to fire Aaron Boone. <laughs> um, but, yeah, most the biggest story we're going to be talking about is the NFL draft. The 2022 – sorry, I almost forgot what year it was. The 2022 NFL draft has come and gone. A lot of, lot of teams, a lot of picks. So, you know, before we talk about, you know, the uh, selections as a whole, let's talk about our individual team's draft. Now, Russell – your boys, the 49ers, uh, gave up their first-round pick this year. Yeah, uh, they didn't draft anything in the first round. Yeah, uh, they gave it up to get Trey Lance last year. Trey, Trey area. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, didn't end up picking till round, uh, till round two for the first time. Uh, yeah. First pick he came out with uh, with uh, was uh, let's see. Uh, Drake John, uh, Drake Jackson, defensive end out of USC. You familiar with uh, Drake Jackson? I'm not. Um, usually all Big Ten with uh, you know Michigan and stuff like that. Um, that. But they did. I mean, they did need some help on the defensive end of things. Um, it makes well, sense, especially, especially with Solomon Thomas gone. Yeah, especially with Solomon Thomas being a bust. Like, and then they think about, <clears> about that too. They, what's that? Yeah, yeah, Solomon Thomas being there <laughs> was also yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, they, I mean, definitely, you know, they, they drafted him first round and he just didn't pan out to what his potential was. You know yeah, what I mean? I think took, took we're number, number three overall. Yeah. I mean, and he was like pretty, he was, you know, a stud in college. He just, I, I don't know. I just, it just didn't transpire into NFL. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, you, so you got a defensive end, you got uh, uh, LSU running back. Tyrion Davis Price, which seems like an odd choice. Since didn't you take didn't you take Mitchell last year? We took Mitchell last year, but uh, what Did, I think I've noticed about the Niners, even even before though, they've always prided themselves with running back receiver uh, picks in, in the draft. Um, some you know some go okay. Other times you get your AJ Jenkins, where you know you have your bust. But um, I can see what the Shanahan's you know type of thing. He wants to have more than one back. Obviously, we losing Raheem Mostert to the Dolphins. I think we need another. Uh, and I don't know what the whole Trey Sermon. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, with him. yeah, you got Trey Sermon. Like, did you get someone else, Trey Sermon? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, it's always good to have another one in the, in the, waiting in the wings, just because. I mean, it seems especially for the Niners, like you, uh, the last couple of years, we just haven't had a healthy running back for the whole majority of the year. You haven't had healthy a lot for the, for the majority of the year. Well, yeah, we can, yeah. Uh, yeah, yes, got uh, O tackle Spencer uh, Spencer Burford, Burford, yeah Spencer Burford, Burf- yeah Burford, uh, Samuel Womack, cornerback uh, out of Toledo, uh, Nick Zakali, another tackle out of Fordham, uh, Kalia Davis, at he tackle at UCF. Uh, so you know, I don't know how many uh, you know players you draft you're familiar with, but you know, what, 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 you know, what, given what you know, what would you have graded your draft? I mean, I nothing crazy because um, again, a lot of unknowns. So I probably just go middle of the road, like C, C minus, just because I don't know what the long term, you know, effect is going to be on the on the team. Um, if we could get a diamond in a rough, fantastic. Um, I mean, if we just get one of those guys to turn out to be a blockbuster uh, move, you know, great. But um, I just I, I haven't heard a lot. You know, I haven't heard a whole lot about any of the guys again because I I'm usually watching Big Ten football. 
Um, so it's, it's something completely different, but, um, yeah, here's hoping that one of them pans out, you know, big, big 10, mainly Michigan did, did have a, you know, yes, yes, had a good time. Your boy, Aiden Hutchinson. A lot of people thought he was going to go number one. He didn't end up going number one. He went number two to the Detroit Lions. I was glad because uh, I definitely want to get a Hutchinson jersey. I uh, I liked him in college. Always a good player. Um, gets to stay in, the, stay in Michigan. It's, uh, it's kind of cool. So I was kind of happy about that. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is an interesting effort for defense. Of five defensive players went within the first five picks. The first time this, hap- first time this has happened in a couple decades, I think. That just shows you the weakness of the quarterback draft class. Well, yeah, but but you know, things got very interesting. Uh, well, actually, the funniest moment of the entire draft, of the entire first round, I think, was. I don't know, did you see this? Did you see uh, Sauce Gardner get drafted to the Jets, and he went he went the wrong way. No, I did not see that. So but, like, uh, he, he yeah. was going to the podium, but he was going to the wrong door. Oh, it's okay. like yeah, <laughs> you're a New York Jet already. But I do know that um, they said that they they did they did draft the uh, Jets draft class pretty high. Oh yeah, I mean, the Jets had two first round picks already, and then traded back into the first round. Yeah, which is crazy. So yeah, they, Jets they did pretty good. I mean, they're going to find a way to yeah, make Je- that shit anyway, though. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're it's <laughs> the Jets are the Jets are the Jets. Uh, they walked away with a with, a, with, a, with a Sauce Gardner, who I think is the best corner of this of this entire draft class. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garrett Wilson, who was an ex, was an excellent receiver in college, and they walked away with, uh, I believe, it's Jermaine Johnson. Yeah, Jermaine Johnson, uh, defensive end out of Florida State, who was fa- who was fantastic. I think like just the, the the triple punch of those three, I think, was fantastic. Uh, a lot of things just happened at wide receiver, which Christian Kirk getting paid eighteen million a year. I yeah. think we're going to look back at that and be like, yeah, this is monumentally fucked this class because uh, uh, there was a huge run on receivers, both in and out of the draft. During the draft, we had two blockbuster trades go down, one for Marquise Brown to the Ravens, so they got a first-round pick. And uh, the bigger one was A.J. Brown leaving the Titans and going to Philadelphia. Which I I still scratch my head on that. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not sure they didn't want to pay. I think I think it's just that they, they couldn't come to terms because AJ Brown's like I am not getting paid less than Christian Kirk. Well, that but I mean they're they're gonna want to lock up uh, Derrick Henry too. I mean I think he already he had already signed the yeah, yeah he already signed an extension prior to this. Yeah, and then they paid Tannehill, Tannehill just cashed in on a contract there not so long ago too, right? Which is a big problem for them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but still, I mean. Uh, a, a modern enough quarterback to get you, I mean, you know, to to get you like at least a winning I mean, season. You know, he'll get you, he'll get you, he'll get you somewhere, but not where you truly want to go. I mean, with what they have, I guess you know, I guess you kind of just have to make do. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. The Titans did get. Well, you know, we'll talk about that in a second. I uh, so yeah, I saw a big run on receivers, saw a big run on defensive players. Uh, now, to my team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. With our biggest holes were well, offensive line. We did kind of make some moves in free agency to address that, so I was fine with not not taking one, especially because a lot of like the really great prospects were not taken, or, or I'm sorry, were taken already. So I'm like, okay, well, fine. Uh, so hometown quarterback, biggest is quarterback, <laughs> hometown quarterback. No quarterback were taken until until our pick, and so we're so we got two like Kenny, like great two solid prospects. Kenny Pickett, and Malik Willis. Question was which one. We took Pickett. I mean, I get it. I mean, I mean, I mean, they're not 
beyond going to Pitt, obviously look at Connor, uh, who played for Pitt and ended up getting drafted by the Steelers. I mean, it happens, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, and look, I, w- I would have been okay with either of these guys. I've seen, I like I like Pickett's athleticism. I think he's more NFL ready. Uh, I really liked what I saw him at Pitt. Do with uh, I believe it was like came in third for Heisman voting. Yeah, and and he knows. I mean, Heinzfeld. Heinzfeld's not the easiest place to play, but um, especially inclement weather. Yeah. Um, you know, so I mean, he at least knows a little bit about. Like, at least is from obviously familiar because he's played played you know uh, college ball there. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, kind of makes you wonder if the whole Trubisky thing. I mean, is all for naught. You know, what I mean, it's kind of like why sign him if you were going to draft. Well, but, I mean, there was also know. no predicting that like. No QBs would be taken at this point because you know those like cut, cut, cut to a couple weeks before the draft. Let's say a couple like one to a couple days before the draft, people thought like there was going to be like this big run on quarterback. People thought like you know Carolina was going to take one at six or hell. There are people there are some people who thought Malik Willis could have gone to the Detroit Lions at two. Yeah, I like I said, this has been this was a rough draft class uh, for quarterbacks for quarter for quarterbacks. Um, there's no like you know there's no like outstanding. We don't have like a Trevor Lawrence in this class. No, I mean nobody really stands out. I mean, the, the, Pickett obviously. I mean, because he was crazy. He, could, the crazy part yeah. about this, but, but Will especially Willis, who was like, like you know, he was predicted as a first rounder, didn't go until round three. Who drafted him? The Titans. Oh yeah, I it's I don't know, man. I think last year was the year. I mean, what well, that was the year of the quarterbacks. With Trevor Lawrence went last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there's a better class obviously last year. Um, I mean, it's going to set it up for a decent draft class coming out. I think uh, this coming this next draft. Yeah, I mean, the quarterback class will be will be better next year. So I feel like a lot of teams are like, you know, we're we're going to suck anyway. So why don't we just let's just go all in on quarterbacks next uh, the next draft? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, some you know, some teams did get some quarterbacks. Uh, Desmond Ritter ended up going to Atlanta. Like I said, Malik Wolf went to Tennessee, which I think would be a great value for them, especially because you know. They can't get they, they can't get rid of Tannehill because if they got rid of him, he'd be like a massive cap hit. Yeah. So, but you know, you got a guy who could very well be his replacement. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's not out of the out of the cards. I believe Sam Howell ended up going to the to the commies. I saw that. It was funny because I, I I was half tempted to like get a jersey just because my last name. But I'm like, eh, how long would he realistically be there? He seems like somebody's going to get like hopped, and if not, like maybe cut. I, I don't know. I, it'd be kind of cool though. But yeah, uh, but yeah. This is this is this is a wild, wild, wild ass draft. Probably yeah. one of the crazy I've seen in recent memory. Uh, also, you know, shout, shout out to the shout out to the Giants. I mean, I do miss Dave Gettleman's ridiculous ass picks, but they have they got they got they got two studs. Yeah. In a cave on Thibodeau and Evan Neal at tackle, which is a massive needs for them. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> definitely excited to see how everything plays out next season. That's going to do it for our, for the wonderful world of sports. Now we move on to trailer talk. Got a lot of things to talk about today. Uh, first of which, probably the oldest show we talk about. This is, this is old news at this point. We, we haven't got a chance to talk about it. And it's the trailer for Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, so Thor Love and Thunder is, of course, the fourth Thor film. Thor, the first Marvel character to get a, for- a fourth solo movie. Yeah, not even Iron Man did that. And I do not, yeah, not even RDJ and all his infinite power could have done that. Uh, now, you know, Russell, looking at this trailer, let me just set the scene for a second. I think back to, you know, 
what Thor was before Taika came along. Because, you know, Thor was like, you know, Thor, people, people were like, okay, you know, Thor is cool, but, you know, he's no Iron Man. He's no Captain America. Yeah. I ain't turned out to his, I ain't turned out to his movies. You know, Thor, you know Thor, the, Thor the Dark World came out. People were like, yeah, it's okay. But then, you know, this man, this, this, man, this, this Kiwi, Taika Waititi came along. <laughs> injected life into this character. Yeah, I mean, for sure. He he reignited he reignited this the interest in this character with one song, meaning the immigrant song by Led Zeppelin. And everyone Thor right came out, everyone loved it, everyone loved this new direction of Thor. Now, pressure's on this time. You know, what's this one gonna be? You know, wh- how is he gonna follow it up? What is he what is Taika gonna do next? But then you hear the then you hear this one guitar from the trailer. Like oh fuck yeah, sweet child of mine, baby. From the second that the second that guitar started, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> so Russell, I'm gonna go to Santa at the scene. I'm gonna go to you, Ra. What do you think of the trailer for Thor: Love and Thunder? I, I mean, I, I dug it. I, I love kind of what you said. You know, Taika breathing new life into this. You know, franchises, store franchises, because obviously the first one I liked, Branagh, I mean, did a you know a, a good enough job directing it. The second one I hated. I didn't like Dark World. I thought it was stupid. Um, just very boring. Kind of what you said, Ragnarok kind of like really injected a different side of the Thor character, and I think we're really just piggybacking on what made that such a fun, you know, such such a fun experience. And we're going to do it again with Love and Thunder. I think it looks fantastic, and then. Obviously, Natalie Portman coming back at the end. I'm about I mean, to add. Did you, did you know who that was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the, you mean at the end? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, Portman but, looks fucking jacked. I mean, and, and that was just awesome. Uh, I, I, you know, Jane's always. I, I like Natalie Portman as an actress, so it's was, it was really cool to kind of see Jane back in it again. Um, but yeah, I, I'm on board. Like I said, I mean, I would have been on board regardless, but I just think that um, I can't wait to see what other characters we see in this. Um, I think I saw. Did we did see Kurg? Korg? Yeah, we saw some Korg. Saw the Guardians coming coming into this a bit. Uh, didn't see any of Christian Bale as uh, Gore the God Butcher, who is a character I really liked in the comics. I'm excited to see you know, what you know, the you know, the pathos Christian Bale brings to that character because he's fantastic in the comics. I love his motivation there. I think it can translate excellently to a movie. And yeah, yeah uh, Thor: Love and Thunder is set for a release in July. Of 2022, July, July, July 8th. Uh, next show we're talking about is for Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. So Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is a horror comedy from A24, in which uh, a bunch of teens play a game, but one of them may actually be a murderer. <laughs> Funny how that happens. His uh, cast includes Amanda Stenberg, Pete Davidson, Rhea Bakalova. Uh, and Lee Pace, among others. Uh, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Bodies, Bodies, Bodies? Really think the Drowning Pool Bodies would have been a really cool song, like a spoof song to like for the trailer. You know yeah. what I mean? I think it'd been kind of fun. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean I dug it. I'm A24 is always doing different stuff, and Bodies, Bodies, Bodies obviously is not, you know, short of A24 just really just really setting the bar for just random, you know, random movies. But they always are all, you know, critical you know, uh, critically received well. Um, and this one looks really, really, you know, well done as, you know, as well. Just keeping the A24 trade rolling. But, uh, yeah, I dug it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think this looks, I think this looks really funny. I think this looks really, I think this looks really interesting. I like seeing Lee Pace 
uh, doing more stuff like this, mostly because I, I really like him as an actor. Uh, almost kind of like a ready or not vibe. Almost, yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Except for release on August 5th of 2022. Uh, next show that we're talking about is for Weird. So this is our first look at the Weird, the Al Yankovic story, which is the biopic for uh, Weird Al Yankovic, a famous parody uh, comedic singer. Uh, stars Daniel Radcliffe as the main character. I do love this trailer's frame. Like, you feel like it's a Madonna movie. Yeah, it's like it's like one of those like '80s pop type uh, vibes. That you're like, oh, who who could it be? You know, what superstar? Yeah, it turns out, it turns out it's Weird Al. Uh, again, uh, this is the thing where I'm. I love everything about this about this trailer, except for the, except for everything about this movie, except for where it's going. <laughs> I think Roku is a mistake. Yeah, Roku's really head scratching for sure. Uh, but yeah, what do you think of the trailer for Weird the Iconic Story? I mean, I dug it enough. It was only a, a minute long, but um, definitely as somebody who kind of grew up in the boom, like I guess I really started following uh, Weird Al like late when uh, Gangster Paradise, Amish Paradise, was got the you know the spoof, um, yeah. and then like uh, he did uh, one that was uh, Gump on the same album. It was uh, to the President of the United States is Lump. Um, I, I got, like I said, I got a late start, but then I obviously heard all of the, the older stuff. But uh, very talented, very funny. Um, really just, it, he he really injects humor in every song. And it's, it's just, it's, it's entertaining. And you kind of do want to see where he got to start, where he got the ideas to just want to do this as a career, you know. Um, I think it's a little crazy that Daniel Radcliffe's playing him. But, uh, I mean, sure, let's go with it. Apparently, it's um, also, also written by... Uh, Yankovic. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, you know, obviously Yankovic probably gave his thumbs up, obviously for uh, Ratcliffe, you know, obviously portraying him. So uh, yeah, I'm interested to see it though for sure. Like like you said, Roku though, I don't know if that's the outlet. Maybe Hulu would have been kind of cool. I think it is or, funny because uh, like isn't isn't Weird Al like super tall? He is like he's not not, not super okay, tall. Okay, not super tall, but he's but he's definitely taller than Ratcliffe because Ratcliffe is like tiny. Ratcliffe's small, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I yeah Roku. I mean, this is I'll, I'll definitely watch it. Oh yeah, I'm gonna watch, it, especially because it's I mean it's free. You can't beat that. <laughs> and yeah, this is set for like I said, gonna release on the Roku channel. Set for a release on actually didn't, actually didn't say when. I'm just gonna say it's gonna be released in the fall of 22. So you you're just gonna have to tune in, and we'll let you know whenever it comes out. Uh, next show we're talking about is for on the count of three. Uh, this is a movie starring and directed by uh, Gerard Carmichael. That uh, him and his friend, played by Christopher Abbott, uh, basically follows them on what is going to be their last day on Earth because they are planning uh, dual suicides. Yeah. Uh, this is a black comedy, uh, and it's going to be direct, uh, Gerard Carmichael's directorial debut. Uh, this is getting a really solid views out of Sundance. was official official selection there. Uh, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for On the Count of Three? I dug the different vibes that it got. Um, it's almost like a, it's like a sad, it's almost like sad, hopeful type thing. Like I, I don't know. Like you kind of like think that they may maybe won't take their lives. Um, and I thought it was crazy that there was literally like an ex- explanation at the beginning of the before the trailer. Like you know, if you or anybody, you know what I mean. Like I get yeah. it. Um, it just, it's just crazy. It's just the, you know the times that we live in. I get it. Um, but it looks good though. I think it really looks really solid. I think it's something completely different. Um, you don't get those types of like films like that. I, I like the vibe that the movie was given off. No, I, I agree. I think I think it actually looks really interesting. Uh, I've, Gerard Carmichael's guy I've been a fan of for 
quite a long time. I think I think he's super funny. I think he's a really good actor. So um, I'm, I'm always excited to see anything anything he does next. And yeah, this is is a project that I guess that he's sitting in the director's chair. Hopefully, it's really good so he can direct more. I'm definitely excited to see what this what this turns out. And this is set for a uh, release on May 13th, 2022. Right around the corner. Right around the corner. There you have it. And last trailer we're talking about today is for Don't Worry, Darling. Uh, so Don't Worry, Darling is an upcoming, is the follow-up by Olivia Wilde to her 2019 hit, Booksmart. Book uh, I, I initially did not know what this movie was really about, but apparently it's about a couple uh, living in this perfect company town during the 50s. Uh, which is done, you know, which is funded and made by the company that the husband worked for, played by Harry Styles, wife of Florence Pugh. But they realized this this town and this you know, society, this neighborhood, might not be all all that it seems. Uh, also, has a cast that includes Chris Pine, Olivia Wilde, Gemma Chan, uh, Kiki Lane, and Nick Kroll. Uh, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Don't Worry, Darling? I mean, I liked it enough for sure. Uh, it leaves me wanting more um i got like stepford-esque yeah vibes like that, to that it. was my exact thought stepford wise a little, yeah, bit of, a little bit of pleasantville yeah like you know it's it's a it's more than meets the eye there's other there, there's underlying things that are going on in this perfect you know in quotations perfect world so um you know florence Pugh is fantastic so uh you know anything she does um uh, definitely always want to try to keep an eye out on that um you know it's kind of crazy harry styles gonna be lead man like you know what i mean Mr. One Direction himself, so uh, yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's crazy. That, like, he, I don't, I don't know how relevant he is in music, just because you know, I, I, I don't know all him like that. But I mean, I know he has a solo uh, career. I mean, and, and, I mean, it's he's popular enough, you know. Yeah, um, he, but he, he was, uh, <laughs> he, he was in a movie. He was in a, he had a concert in Phoenix, which I guess sold well. So I guess it's pretty big. But and he was in that dog shit movie called Dunkirk, I think, too. Yes, he was. He was in that movie. Where it, one day it's where it all began it's where it all one began. day one day we're gonna we're gonna have a talk about that film maybe uh <laughs> but yeah the, uh yeah that uh don't worry darling is set for a release on september 23rd 2022 i'm actually really looking forward to that one and i'm surprised how different it looks from from book smart like it just doesn't even feel like the same director i i, I like that olivia wilde is stretching herself as a filmmaker Sounds completely different. It's not like a uh, coming of age comedy. This is more yeah, this like is sci-fi, like, uh, romance esque. You know, it's a thriller maybe in there. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see like what this whole, what this holds. Could could have some Oscar implications. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Chris Pine got a Best Supporting Actor nomination. Yeah, because I mean, he's, he's he, Chris he, Pine. He, looks, he looks like he's killing it in this trailer. So you know, we'll, we'll see if he you know, actually happens in the movie. But yeah, I'm um, definitely excited to see when that comes out. Uh, that's going to do it for, for our trailer talk. We're going to move on to Notorious News. Now, uh, we keep this you know, pretty light from entertainment story, but we actually have some, some, like, you know, some like, actually serious things to talk about today. Uh, quite a few of them, actually. Uh, first thing we're going to... You know, there's no real segue. We're just, just going to start from you know like the worst... I'm sorry. The easiest to talk about story to like the hardest ones. So here we go. Uh, first thing we're going to talk about is uh, Elon Musk has decided to buy Twitter. Uh, yeah. He's currently in, uh, now has not been officially, you know, set through yet, but uh, he put in a bid to buy Twitter for the low, low price of, I think it was $44 billion. 
It was absolutely mind blowing. Um, and I, I think I'll, I think he he upped the bit. I think he upped another another seven to bring it to fifty two. No, wait, no, that's that's not, that's not how math works. Uh, fifty one. That was close. It was it's crazy. Um, I remember having a conversation with somebody. I don't remember who, but they said that. Elon Musk is so wealthy that he could give every family in the United States a million dollars and would still have money. That's, that's how much. That's that's how wealthy he is. I wonder if that's true. How much is Elon Musk worth? I mean, uh, gotta do the math here, man. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. Gotta be pretty damn high. I mean, if you uh, can do that. Holy shit! Yeah, maybe. Maybe he could do that. What's his worth? Uh, according to this, two. Uh, wait, hold on. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's not right. Uh, it says here $268 billion. So, I mean, I'm, I think that could easily be a, uh, be right. a reality. It could, it, could, it could be, actually. Uh, isn't that crazy that we could solve like all the like impoverished and stuff like that with just one person who clearly wouldn't even do it in the time of day? You know, it's, it's completely crazy thinking yeah, about that. Yeah, but like, it's just kind of crazy. Like, he's going to spend 40... All the things you can do with $44 billion, you're going to buy Twitter with it. Just to, just to say you bought Twitter, it's like that's like a drunk decision that you do, like when you're eating Taco Bell and you're like you go on Amazon Prime or some shit and just buy something just to buy it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, this, this guy's just yeah, you know, this guy's just randomly doing shit with like billions of dollars just to do it, just to say, hey, I bought it. You know, it's yeah, crazy. No, no, literally, he has all the conviction of I as I do when I'm drunk and screwing <laughs> yeah. Amazon Prime, just buying random shit. Seriously, and I mean, like, or you just see, like, movies and shit, like, because I know I, I'm, I've been guilty of just, like, scrolling, like, late at night, just, like, randomly looking at, at movies. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't have that. Yep, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably buy that. And then two or three purchases later, you know, but this guy's doing it with way bigger budget and with a way, like, but it's a social it's a social media platform that he probably has zero care about, you know? Probably. Is. It's, again, hasn't been officially finalized yet, but. Yeah, this is a thing that's looking like it's going to happen. So Elon Musk, will, the Twitter will now be under the control of Elon Musk, which is completely crazy. I mean, it just this is the uh, what 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 a time, what a time to be alive. This is it, man. This is a world we live in right now. This is crazy shit. The other the other world we live in is a world in which uh, comedians can now get attacked on stage because Dave Chappelle oh. is performing at the Hollywood Bowl, and uh, he's performing as part of his comedy festival. My, fr- my friend was actually there when it happened. Uh, oh, wow. This fan came up and just just tried to tackle Dave Chappelle on stage. Really? Wow. Yeah. You, you didn't see this? No. I I did not see this. Oh, let's, uh, let's, maybe let's see I can find the video. Hang on. I'll, uh, I'll look it up right now. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was fucking wild just to, just to see, like, yeah, just to see the whole thing go down. Okay. Hold on. I got it here. You find it? I'm gonna. I'm obviously gonna put it on mute because I don't want to get dinged with like uh, copyright shit or whatever the hell. Yeah, this dude just like I don't know why. I don't know who. I don't. I don't know who this guy was. I don't know why he did this, but he just like got up on stage and just trying to just try to bull rush Dave Chappelle. He did like a charge and oh, then Chappelle fell. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, the crazy no, the crazy thing is like how he got left after because like you should you should see the aftermath of the of the. Of the whole encounter, because uh, like the the because the dude whoever his bot his security team is fucked him up. Yeah, I see like a ton of people on the stage. It's funny that he like threw all of his weight and like she probably really didn't move that much. Yeah, like it's like oh, shit. Okay, <laughs> yeah, this is you're trying to do this. I guess okay. Yeah, um, crazy. Let, let, let me, Why? 
let me send you a picture of the of the aftermath. Why spend all that money on good seats like that? If that's what you're gonna do. Yeah, exactly right. And this, you I know, because this is also the aftermath of the whole the Will Smith, the whole Will Smith debacle. Oh wow! You yeah, definitely got messed up. <laughs> we saw them were just like, who the fuck on your security, Batman? Dude, yeah, that's crazy, man. Again, like, why spend that money to go see? I mean, especially if I mean, I don't know. And, and did they say why? Like, why no, they the? Didn't. Uh, so yeah, um, this is this also uh, comes after the you know the whole Will Smith uh, scenario. Or the whole Will Smith debacle, and it brings the question: You know, is there an attack on comedians now? I didn't think there was until this happened. I'm like, okay, maybe there is. Uh, I still think that on the whole, this I don't think it's going to become the norm. No, it I, no, it's I don't think it is. This is some asshole like just charging. You know what I mean? Look at look at. Oh, we could say that. I mean, at, at, at sporting events, you get people that like go streaking in football games and shit like that. It happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think this is going to be a norm. I think it's just some idiot. That uh, you know, it gives people it gives people something to talk about, which is stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't I don't see this being a norm though, and especially if you see the aftermath of the picture like that, you're like, eh. Do I really want to look like that and feel like that? Feel like that guy? Eh, probably not. Uh, next story we're talking about, which is somehow not the most horrific thing we're talking about today. <laughs> uh, we got to talk about this Johnny Depp Amber Heard situation going on right now. Finally, <laughs> at long last. So yeah. Oh man, what a what a ride. In case you haven't heard, which I imagine you have, because this is pro in what is probably the most famous trial since O.J. Simpson was tried for murder back in the nineties. Uh, the uh, Johnny Depp Amber Heard libel case. I'm sorry, defamation case. This is defamation in this case uh, is uh, being streamed for the world, and people are taking notes. So you know, just flashback a little a little while ago. Uh, this all started when Amber Heard wrote a piece about Johnny Depp saying he is basically an abuser. Uh, this caused Johnny to fire back, say like, "Oh no, Amber's the abuser." Uh, and then you know, th- a lot of things came out. You know how like he nearly lost a finger, how like uh, you know how she was hitting him, maybe he was hitting back. I'm not sure. This is this is a messy case and a very messy marriage. But yeah. this trial is being broadcast for the world to see, and yeah, a lot of people are. I see a lot of pretty split. I mean, I also see a lot of uh, support for Depp, but I'm sure support for Heard exists. You're completely crazy if you were on that fence. Uh, uh, wow. <laughs> I'm just saying the fence exists. <laughs> I know, but and I, I, I get it. But I mean, it's um, it is but, completely. But I think I think crazy. this is I think this is logic because the perception. I'm just going to talk about my, my feelings. Uh, now I again. As a fan of Johnny Depp, it kind of broke kind of broke my heart a bit just to hear all those like negative things about Depp originally. But now that more information's come to light, I feel, I feel bad for the guy. I really do. I do too. Um, I know my my wife's in, in love with him, uh, you know. And I was just always like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe if it was more of the you know the the jealous side of a guy that you know it's like, oh, just Johnny Depp, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, but yeah, when you see some of this stuff, man, and he seems like, like a legit guy who's literally like some like, getting some, like some of the things that she no, like yeah. she, he's, literally, like, he's literally being bullied by his own wife. Yeah. And Dude, I don't and, mean, I don't mean yeah. to laugh at this because it's not funny, but no, but like even that time when like she was talking about like she filmed him like fucking throwing a, a fucking fit uh not ha- throwing a fit but pushing him trying to nudge him to yeah, get mad to, and, yeah. and he fills that big glass up of wine which is which is funny because it's like a and you gotta you you guys have to watch the um the uh the clip where it's like the hearsay clip 
It's yeah. fantastic. Everything's hearsay and Johnny Depp's face. It, it's set up perfectly. You have to watch it. It's it's fantastic. But like, yeah, it's, like but you, you look at like some of the arguments that Amber Heard lawyer make a lawyer is making. Like the face on Depp is just like, are you serious? Yeah, and then like what the one the one lawyer objected to his own thing, or objected to his own statement or some shit. Yeah, did you hear that? It was. It was we, it's, this is this is a bizarre. Tra- this trial is gonna make an excellent miniseries one day. It's gonna make an excellent. Either that, it would it, it would make an excellent like movie, a, 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 anything. Um, and, but it's crazy that um, and then she's stone cold like resting bitch face the whole entire time. Um, yeah, like, she, she has one one. Of, facial expression the whole time she's kind of she's kind of she's kind of terrifying me in this trailer i'm sorry in this, in this trial honestly yeah it's like you know johnny depp dude and we, we were joking around like my friends and i try to make light of the situation wouldn't it be funny if he dressed up like a, a character every day like so seven days a week you get like you get Willy Wonka, you get like Scissor edward scissorhands you get Captain Jack Sparrow. You get, you know, um, yeah. you know, uh, just different characters. It would be funny. Um, it would be, it would be kind of fun. So like, oh, it's Sunday in court or whatever. It's oh, he's Willy Wonka today, you know? Yeah. It, I don't know. I mean, currently it feels like Depp is winning the trial, but again, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of time. To, there's a lot of time still left to go. Well, here's hoping that this gets him back in for a potential pirates return. I, you know I, what I mean? I, I, mean feel, I feel like he's done with that at this point. I, I feel like. Just, he, I, I, like, no matter how this trial goes, I feel like both of these people have just – they have too much baggage in order to continue with their careers. As, but, I mean, ju- but he's also jump-started that franchise. I, I don't know. I think you would – in itself, if he comes out looking you know, look, fantastic at this, you he, know? If he comes out on top of this and he, he wins, maybe yeah. it, it, gets, it gets put through. But, again, there's still a whole lot of trial left. We still don't know how, we still don't know how this whole thing's going to shake out. So we'll, we'll see how this ends up going. This is, you know, the one, the person who's looking awful in this whole this whole situation, the one who's looking worse is Amber Heard. Amber Heard, yeah, like, shitting on somebody's side of the bed. Like, first off, why are we talking about this? Like, you know what I mean? Like, why Like, why is this? Why is that an option? No, it's like, who gives a, shit and piss on it. I'll go sleep somewhere else. Like, you, you, you're a fucking, you're a fucking whack job if that, that's what you're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, yeah. It's, like, it's, you're, it's you're, crazy. You're, you're, you're being a child at that point. Like, what the hell's wrong with you? It's literally childish behavior. Um, yeah, I would, I would lock myself up in my vehicle and sleep. That was if that's that's the route we have to go. I mean, I'd 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 leave, I'd leave the country. <laughs> I mean, yeah, realistically, I mean, you know, you don't need. She's she's clearly not the breadwinner in this relationship. So, um, like one one of you has a fucking island, the other doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, dude, it's like Johnny Depp. Like, look at all the like like just Pirates of the Caribbean alone. Look at the look at the but, box office total that that brought. You know. But yeah, Amber I mean, Heard in the court of public. A court of public opinion is tanking, like tanking oh, yeah. hard to the point where there's. I mean, this, this has been happening for a while, but there's like a, the most recent petition to get her removed. Aquaman two has reached, uh, I believe, over two million. At last I checked, was over two million signatures. Probably higher now. Uh, problem is that movie's already shot, so yeah. So they're not gonna do anything with that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think. yeah you you can't you can't do anything. But the question is, you know, depending on how this trial goes, uh, what do you do with her? Just do the Chris Plummer thing, like in uh, that's, you know, right? But, 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 here's the, but here's the problem, though. Chris Plummer only had like I think like ten to twenty minutes of screen time. This is replacing an entire. Yeah. This is replacing yeah, her, a whole yeah, a whole character. Got a little bit more screen time. Yeah, her got a little bit more screen time, obviously, than uh, Plummer does. Uh, quite a bit more screen time, actually. Uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, but like again, this is WB has done this 
Oh, like again, they they made this bed. They cast actors who were again the the herd stuff the first time. Okay, we we didn't we didn't know then for the first movie. It's fine. We'll, we'll let it slide. Second time, however, this is when we started to heat up. Where it's like, okay, maybe we should remove her, but like decide not to do that. Same thing with Ezra Miller, which we'll get to in a second. <laughs> yeah, which is completely crazy. I don't understand why people want to jeopardize their career. Yeah, uh, some, uh, I don't think this is true. I saw from reports saying that saying their screen time was cut down to uh, cut down to like ten minutes. I, I highly doubt that's true, but you know, we'll I mean, it's gonna be hard to do that. But I mean, yeah, we'll see. But like, yeah. Uh, I feel like this is the last time we'll ever see her as Mara in the DCEU. Yeah, I would assume so. I mean, all, all signs point to that. Unless, unless she wins this trial, in which case this is all this is all a moot point. Even, but even then, I feel like people just won't, won't want to work with her anymore. How do you win this though? When you look so bad right now, I don't know. You know I, I mean? I look, you're gonna have to have the greatest lawyer on the planet if you want to win this case for Amber. <laughs> I mean, I'm just which, real, you know realistically. From what, from, what I, seen, it just, it's, it's, from what we've seen, you don't. But it's, uh, but yeah, also like Ezra Ezra Miller. Also, uh, I, this is again old news, but got arrested again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, same shit. I mean, it's like wh- why? I, I don't understand why we're doing this, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, they're gone. Uh, they're they're gonna be. They're, this is, I think it's a kind of ironic. This is, this, is the first, this is the first Flash solo movie starring Ezra Miller. Will also be the last Flash solo movie starring Ezra Miller. Crazy, yeah, it's crazy. I thought, you know, I, I said last time on the show that I think he would get another chance at least to. But yeah, when you do it literally within like a week, within, within a week? It, I'm like, I mean, it's just I I don't understand why you want to sabotage your career. Yeah, uh, hold on, I, I think it's gonna keep in mind the Discovery Time Warner merger. Uh, it it just went through uh, recently. Uh, so within the fir- again within the first two weeks of. <laughs> Not even like two years. Within the first two weeks, uh, uh, just, I'm sorry. Uh, just, I, what I meant to say was uh, Discovery WB merger. Uh, so within the within the first two weeks, uh, they had a Wizarding World movie, a Bacala Slop. Two of their franchise stars are facing off in a defamation trial, and the star of the most anticipated, one of the most anticipated projects, was arrested for the second time. That's within two uh, weeks. Unbelievable. You can't make this shit up. This is this is, this is like the most wild ass murder I've ever seen. It's got the most wild yeah. situation to come into if you're a new employee. Yeah, it's like huh. yeah, a lot of disgruntled employees here, man. What the hell? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I, I think this is this is gonna be this next couple of years is gonna be a wild ride for a lot of reasons. But I and I cannot wait to see it. Yeah, I mean this house of cards is tumbling, and it should be exciting. Uh, last thing we're gonna talk about. This is this is like the big. This is like the big real story we're talking about right now. Uh, it wasn't. It was now that this has not been made official yet, but it's looking like it's going to be. Uh, that the uh, Supreme Court has is electing to overrule a press a nearly fifty year old precedent uh, by repealing not, not repealing but overturning Roe v. Wade. So Roe v. Wade, in case you, in case you don't know. Uh, that was the landmark court case that legalized abortion nationwide. Now, if that gets overturned, which looks like it's going to be, uh, it's look, this gets going to leave abortion laws in the hands of the states of the individual states. So it means in places that are, you know, if you live in a blue state, you're probably okay. Uh, if you live in a red state, however, 
and if you get pregnant, if you want to terminate your pregnancy, it's going to be very hard for you. You're going to have to go out of states, which can, which can be, could be pretty costly. But also talking about like states could, could pass laws that would incriminate people who assist people going to going out of states to terminate pregnancies, which yeah. this is this is uh, this is an, an insane case. Now, just speaking from speaking from my own personal views, I'm, I'm I am a firm stand. I'm, I'm, I'm I firmly stand on the side of pro-choice. I do believe that you know what a woman wants to do with the body is her choice. If she wants to terminate her pregnancy, it's on it's on her. That's fine. I don't think that. I don't think decisions should be made by. I don't think decisions regarding health and well-being should be made by committee. It shouldn't be made according to what's the widely accepted religious view. Because I know, uh, you know, people, you know, the majority of people here are in the country are probably Christian or some kind of offshoot. I would imagine if you took a poll, yeah. took like a straw poll, I imagine you you find most people who are religious are Christian. In which case, you know, abortion abortion is you know, not not exactly kosher there. Um, yeah. But you got to understand, uh, I think that, you know, I mean, you can't just ask a woman to, like, even like, oh, you, you can just carry good for adoption. No, because that takes, like, a massive toll on your body that a lot of women just do not want to go through. And, yeah, yeah. like, and I, 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 get, I get it. And yeah. it sucks. And women, I feel bad for you. I, I, feel, I feel bad that this is happening to you, and it sucks. Uh, but I do support uh, women uh, who decide yeah, I, I do support women's right to choose. Russell, what, what, what do you think? The whole thing? Yeah, I mean, growing up, obviously, I'll throw religion in because I grew up, I went to Catholic school for the first six years uh, of my schooling. Um, obviously, coming from more of a conservative background, but um, no, I, it was something like even now, just even just opening my eyes up now and in the, in the married life that I've been in for the last, you know, just been with Beck for almost you know nine years. Um, how can we say, you know, how can we have, how can we force a woman to, 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 you know, make rules over her body? Kind of what you said. It's one of those things. It's, it's silly. Um, like my, my, my biggest, uh, you know, example I'll use is like what, what happens when a girl gets raped and has, is, and has, you know, a pregnancy. You know, you're gonna force this late, this force this girl for the next nine months, 10 months to carry this and be constantly reminded of, you know, the horrific events that happened. I mean, you're out of your mind. I just, I don't think that it's, it's right. Uh, I think it, it should be up to the woman to do whatever she wants with, you know? Yeah. I mean, we, I, we live, we live in a country where, you know, we've always had the freedom to choose except for this, which I think, I think it's crazy that, you know, I also think it's crazy that like we're willing to, <laughs> we will, we will outlaw women's ability to choose what they do with themselves before we outlaw a gun. But it was funny because somebody said something about one once a woman is pregnant, and this was a really good uh, point that they brought up. Um, once a woman's pregnant, she can't get pregnant again. But guys can go out there and literally pregnant everybody that they have sex with. No, literally. Why? Why isn't? Why isn't? Why aren't we? You know, putting laws for for guys. Yeah. You know, why aren't we deciding guys? You know, what I mean, which I mean, I, I read that, and obviously, as a guy, you know, you. You, you back in your macho days, you're like, yeah, fuck, you know. But like, when you get older, man, you, you start to see it a little bit more clear, I guess. <laughs> like, um, everybody touched touch my balls, but then, like, yeah. Like, but I mean, it's, like, it's, it's, like, it's kind of fucked up. What you, you really think about it? But it is the it is the fact that like, okay, so she can only get pregnant once in that duration. How many people? And, and so you can have sex with this pregnant girl, and she can't obviously get pregnant anymore. But you, the guy for nine months, ten months, can go sleep around. I mean, and you can, and you can, you know, what I mean, it's I it mean, does really open your eyes. You can impregnate, impregnate in like nine months. <laughs> it's, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it really does open. Your, I think that's it. Kind of does open your eyes. That example that I that I read. It was somebody posted on Facebook. I'm um, obviously with all this stuff going on. Um, it's a it's an eye opener, but it does make you realize, you know, you shouldn't force. Like, it, it should be the decision of the person who's who's being responsible for the per, you know, the baby inside them. Um, I don't think that you know, like, there, there's a difference between. And and I'm sorry, like, I know. You know, when we were taught, you know, back in the day or whatever, when like when I was getting confirmation stuff like that, or just in general with like Sunday school about like abortion and stuff like that, there's a difference though. Aborting something that's not even like almost not even there, as opposed to like a of a, a late term abortion. That's I mean that's a killing of a child. Yeah, I'll give you that. You know what I mean? Um, there is a difference. I mean to 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 you know to me. It's it's, it's, a, uh, it's, a, it's a little it's a little harsher for a late. Uh, yeah, 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 a late yeah. abortion, but you know, I mean, again, it's 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 still your right to choose to do that. And and that's the thing. I mean, if it's like a jelly bean or something like that, man. I, again, I, it's it's a slippery slope because I know a lot of people. You know, these are topics that a lot of people aren't comfortable talking about. You know what I mean? Um, I always shy away from them just because I, you know, how it is. Like just the culture that we're in now, it's like everybody is like if you don't think the one way that everybody else thinks, you know damn you you know what i mean um it's like political politics is like that religion's like that and these are the situations too but like i mean i'm obviously we can have an open platform for this and it's and it's good that we do that um but yeah i totally think that you know it is it is the woman's right to choose that you know uh, i mean i would you i mean would you want to be forced by the and that's the other thing is like you're forced by somebody that has zero bearing on your body and they're they're going to tell you how to live your life, you know. What I mean, it's 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 a it's a joke, man. I I think. And then what 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 do they say if they overturn it? Oh well, we're just going to let each state go ahead and decide. So you've basically swept it under the rug, and you're having the states now kind of dictate state by state how they feel about it. You know what I mean? I think it's just it's just it's it's just shitty. Yeah, no, it, it it it's shitty all around. Um, yeah, and it also just feeds into the thing that like women are kind of treated like second class citizens. Just it's just in general, like ev- like everywhere. I mean, yeah, and I think I mean we're beyond this point. I mean, I think we I thought we you know we've we've you know we've like, matured this, this, from this, is, this. You know, Russell, this this is appealing. This is repealing fifty years worth of precedent. Yeah, the, I mean it's 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 completely crazy, man. It yeah, is. And, um, and the scary thing is like it, it couldn't stop here. Like like we like we could like like who like, knows what else we can see repeal? Like we can see gay marriage get get repealed. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, like I said, it, it's like what's next, you know. They're shaking the tree. What else is going to drop out of it? You know what I mean? It's it's one of those things where, like I said, I, I think we definitely need to just let, you know, the woman choose. You know, it's her body that's carrying this child, whether or not she wants to have it or not. Like I said, my argument to really shut that down is in, in situations of rape where the the woman doesn't want to, uh, you know, or have like, the baby. I think of how many like, te- how? like teenagers get get pregnant. Like a friend of, a friend of mine got pregnant oh. when she was seventeen, yeah. and she had it terminated because just like you know, I like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to be a mother. I'm not ready for that responsibility so and, i mean it's a you know it's definitely a, a and you know, a, you know she eventually yeah. got pregnant later in life and she's just like i'm glad i did it. i'm glad i terminated when i was 17 because like doing this now as a single as a single mother is hard yeah. i could oh, i could yeah, imagine but, doing this at 17 yeah i mean imagine doing that at 17 broken household uh, who knows what happens to the child later on in life you know what i mean yeah i mean because of the fact that they don't have that stable father figure in their life they don't you know what i mean who knows what happens there you know what i mean Child could grow up perfectly fine. Flip side, you know, child could, you know, seek, you know, seek out, you know, all doing wrong things. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it, it is, like I said, it's a slippery slope. Uh, definitely, um, 
Yeah, definitely, like, arguments I always try to avoid just because it's like your opinion never, I don't know, sometimes when you throw your opinion out there or how you feel your viewpoint, you know what I mean? You always, always are, you feel like you're always going to get met combatively. There's always yeah. another person on the, you know what I mean, the flip side of things. I feel that. And um, it's just one of those things where it's like, those are the things I learn. Uh, in life, you know, politics and religion are a couple of things you don't argue. You don't argue about because you never get anywhere. And it's so, and it's so damn like, I don't know. It's just like, it, like it's crazy that 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 grown people like fight over this stuff. And it's like why? Like if you want to believe the sky's green, bl- believe it. I don't care. You know, I I have my viewpoint. You have your viewpoint. I'm it colorblind. God damn it! Let me have this. Yeah, I can't see. You know what I mean? I'm green with envy. You know. Um, but seriously though, it's like it's crazy. It really is. Uh, we, there's so many other things going on in life that I just think we we really we miss we miss the we really just miss the the buck. I think we when we just I don't know when we argue about this stuff and we get it's so divisive. It's so it's so uh, just like look at Facebook. You know what I mean? Even with like sports teams, I had to I had to leave like Facebook like groups like with sports teams because I just it was so it was so damn uh, negative. Yeah, it's toxic, man. I can't. I don't like that, especially as you get older. You know, obviously, I mean, I'm not saying I'm that much older than you, but, but seriously though, you'll you'll see, it just it's just it's just it's, it's exhausting. Why why spend all that time being like that? You know, Elon, fix this shit, man. Seriously, I do something, buy something. You know, <laughs> spend, spend that spend that money. Twenty billion, forty four billion, doing something. Seriously, dude. Yeah. All right. Now <laughs> moving on to some lighter stories. Uh, First of all, we got, we got a good we got a good old fashioned release date shuffle. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Most mostly animated mostly animated stuff is getting moved around. Uh, so I mean biggest biggest casualty of all this, uh, Spider Man Across the Spider Verse has officially moved. Uh, it is no longer coming out in October. This year is now set for release date of uh, March 29th, twenty twenty three. Uh, sucks because I was looking forward to seeing that. It's gonna be my birth my birthday weekend movie. And now my birthday is ruined. Thanks a lot, Sony Animation. Dicks. Way to go. You just have to rewatch the first one now. <laughs> I just got to rewatch the first one. <laughs> what, what, what could have been? Uh, I also cry about the fact that the Super Mario Brothers movie also been moved. Uh, it was to come out in, in December of this year. Now it is. Things are clearing the way for Avatar because Shazam moved moved up a week. I don't know if it moved up or moved back a week, but it moved to avoid competition with Avatar. Um. Uh, went to uh, now opening uh, April 7, 2023, which sucks. I'm honestly kind of looking forward to that more than Avatar 2 just because I want to see like what kind of crazy shit this movie is. <laughs> um, and uh, Puss in Boots has moved back a couple months. It's not coming out in December, uh, December 23rd, 2022. Uh, we also had some Marvel release date swaps. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, which was originally set oh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania which was originally set to come out in I believe February uh, then was moved to November uh, yeah uh, it, was, it was supposed to come out in February uh, then it was moved to uh, June uh, then it was moved back to February <laughs> And it swapped places with uh, the Captain Marvel sequel, The Marvels, uh, which is now set for a release date of July 28th, 2023. Uh, so, yeah, I guess uh, I think that uh, I, I think I, I think this is good moves on both parties. I, I, I'm curious what would what, what 
it's better slot for each because you know Ant Man, uh, it had that July slot twice, did fairly well on both. Now it's going for yeah. you know now it's gonna be our Valentine's Day movie, which is you know cool, and I feel like Captain Marvel has or the Marvel is gonna have more of a it's more of a summer blockbuster feel. So maybe that's maybe that's a good move, but uh, you know we're seeing we're seeing less the fact that Ant Man was moved back was move you know move forward, not move back. I think is a sign of progress. We're showing we're not seeing as many we're not seeing as many like drastic release date changes as we used to. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's that. There's all that. Uh, next story we're talking about, uh, Russell. This this one's just for you, buddy. Can't wait. There is Come a new by. Jackass series in the oh, works, okay. following Good. the success of Jackass Forever. <laughs> Which, did, you, did you ever see it? I did. I've seen him. Uh, I think I've seen. It. I've seen it twice. Yeah, I saw it once, and that's good <laughs> enough for me. Uh, this is. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna go straight to Paramount. We're gonna go to Paramount Plus, and this is after the success of Jackass Forever. Nowhere I want is gonna be the original crew or the new people introduced in Jackass Forever. But you know, Russell, being the fan that you are, uh, would you be down to see this the new uh, crew members lead their own series? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm always down for like, like I said, Jackass just stuck with me. Obviously, I think as I grew up watching it, I was in college when you know, I mean. Uh, when it when it was big and I just I've watched it so long that it's like I enjoy watching people do the stupid shit to themselves and I just I got humor out of it so yeah I mean I've I've been with it this long I don't see myself backing off of it you also you know I you know followed you know Viva La Bam uh, the Wild Boys like all that stuff that you know had the Jackass guys in it I pretty much followed so uh, yeah I, I would follow this too yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's going to be debuting on Paramount Plus. I, I would imagine. I would imagine soon. Yeah, I mean, why not? Uh, next thing we're talking about is uh, well, speaking of uh, TV, nostalgic TV coming back. Uh, we got some movement on that '90s show. First, of all, we got our first still revealing uh, both uh, Kurtwood Smith and Deborah Jo Rupert prizing their roles as Red and Kitty Foreman for the new show. We also got uh, confirmation of what we expected: uh, the people who will be reprising their roles in the original series. Uh, as you would imagine, Topher Grace, Laura Prepon, Mila Kunis, Ashton Kutcher, and Omar Valderrama are all set to reprise their roles from the original show in some capacity. Only one who is not coming back, as you would expect, is Danny Masterson because he is currently facing jail time. What an idiot. I, I really enjoyed The Ranch, too. I did, Damn, I, sh- I did Damn shame. shame. Damn uh, shame. Yeah, you know... Seeing this much involvement from the original cast, uh, you know, does that get, that pique your interest for that '90s show? Yeah, I mean, especially because I mean, I obviously have more an attachment to the '90s than the '70s because I lived through the '90s. So yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think it would be something I would I would definitely groove to more. You know. <laughs> oh, I see you there. Uh-huh. Well, speaking of something you can groove to. There we go. Look at that segue. <laughs> we got word on who is going to be doing the theme song for the latest Top Gun movie, uh, which, you know, we're ramping up. Tickets are on sale oh. now. I got my tickets. And the theme song this time done by one Miss Lady Gaga. Oscar yeah, winner Lady Gaga. don't like the beginning of the song. I, I, I think the beginning of the song, it, it's, mis, it's misplaced. Have you heard the song? I haven't listened to it yet, no. The, the beginning of it? You, you haven't listened to it? I haven't, no. Oh, okay. The beginning of it seems so misplaced. Like it, um, it's like more clubby. I'm, I'm, you... I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm reserving it off for the theater. I got my tickets. IMAX. I'm ready. I'm, I'm, all uh, the reactions we've seen on online are all silly me. Wildly positive. Silly me listening to the music when it came out. 
I yeah, just saw Lady Gaga. I, 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 I didn't. I didn't know it was out. Honestly, I just thought they announced yeah. she was doing the theme. Um, but definitely the beginning of the, the, the song definitely sounds more dance esque, like club esque, and then it, it it goes into. I, it's a good song. Don't get me wrong. My, my one I mean, my just, one question is my one question is, are we getting more Kenny Loggins music or not? You know what? And that's the that's the question we really need to ask ourselves. Is yeah. somebody? Are we going to get more Berlin? Is what are I we getting know. more Berlin? That's the, that's the other that's the other question. Are we getting more, more Berlin? Yeah. But um, it's, I mean, it's a good song. Don't get me wrong. Um, like I said, when you hear the beginning of it, you'll be like, "What the f-? like?" It, it definitely doesn't have the the vibe that you would expect okay. it to have. Well, we'll see. We'll see, we'll see uh, when I listen to it in the theater when Top Gun Maverick comes out finally. Man, on Man. May twenty seventh, twenty twenty two. We gotta wait three weeks to talk about this. Three this weeks. sucks. Yeah, sorry, buddy. Damn you! Just just go listen to the damn song. No, I don't. I don't wanna. <laughs> I don't wanna. Oh shit. Uh, we also got some news out of CinemaCon. Uh, one of the stories we got is one of the most baffling I've ever seen in my life. So uh, it was announced that uh, the Sony, despite the the critical and financial failure of Morbius, uh, they are uh, Sony is pressing forward with both you know, Craven the Hunter, which is shooting right now, Madam Web, and they announced a new project at CinemaCon, which is El Muerto, which is going to star Bad Bunny. Now, Russell, are you familiar with uh, El Muerto? Um, that would probably be now. Okay. Now, uh, com- as a comic fan, comic fans heard this and they're like, who the hell is that? Is it, wait, is it a Spanish? Does it mean death? Muerto? Yes. Uh, now here's the thing, Russell. How many Spider-Man comics do you think there have been throughout history? Uh, a shit ton. Yeah. Thousands. Tens yeah. of thousands. Hundreds of thousands. How, yeah. do you know, you want to know how many issues of Spider-Man comics this character has been in? Oh Lord, I can't. It's probably like it's probably like single digits, or if not none. It is single digits. Two, to be exact. Oh, so there you they have are it. They're basing an entire film based on a villain who was in two issues in the throughout the history of Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Which sure we heard this where it's like, are you fucking stupid? Because yeah, I mean, here's the thing: if you want to, you want to. Here's, here's the thing, Russell. If they wanted a Latin American led, a Latin American led movie or a Latin Hispanic led movie, yeah. they have a perfectly good character they can lead with. With Spider Man twenty ninety nine, Spider Man twenty ninety nine, or Nacho, a, who, or not, or Nacho, Nacho Libre, or Nacho Libre. Make it, make it a Nacho Libre. Who cares? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just playing. The point oh, is, like, like Spider Man twenty ninety nine, he's po- he's popular right now. He's one of the yeah. popular offshoots of Spider-Man, and he is a, he is a Latino, a Latino uh, superhero. That's, yeah. But like, they're, but they're not doing that. The, Sony continues to make the dumbest fucking decisions. <laughs> like, uh, demonstrate uh, why uh, they are not fit to handle these characters. I just, yeah, you just have to sit back and shake your head. I, I don't know. I don't get it. I really don't get it. Uh, yeah, it's it's yeah, that's that's something. And also just trying to bank on the popularity of Bad Bunny, which, I mean, just look at Glitter, see how well that works. <laughs> we'll, see. See how that turn, we'll see how that turns out. I'm just, I'm just curious to see how badly they fuck, they fuck this one up. Bad Bunny, would that be like uh, evil Ralphie in a bunny suit? <laughs> no, do I care? I don't. Uh, <sighs> next piece you're talking about, uh, there's apparently... Uh, you know, after the Hunger Games uh, book series was wrapped up, there was actually a oh. prequel that came out. I believe it's called the Sight, Sight and Sound, something something along those lines. Um, let me see. 
what's the prequel called? Uh, While he's looking for that, you can also hear the whole entire series. Yes, we did. We, we did. I brought this up because we are. We did review the entire series. So uh, there you have it. Well, that's segue into the segue into the segue. I mean, it's it's fantastic here. Yeah, uh, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. So there, that is set for a film adaptation, and is going to be released on November seventeenth, twenty twenty three. Basically, it's going to go over how the Capitol got to you know got to where it was, essentially. Uh, it's received fine. Uh, point is, Russell. Uh, my, my question is: Do you think that would you be considering we considering we did review the entire series? Would you be interested in seeing you know the Hunger Games prequel? I mean, I guess. Like I said, I mean, we we did have high marks on the 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 first. One. I believe it was the first one. Then they got gradually. Or wait, was it the first one? Well, I mean, first, first one. First one was the game. Man, second one got better, and then they just got gradually. It just then, got like then, exponentially then, then worse. Three and, three and four sucked. Um, yeah, but I mean. I guess just because I mean we've, I guess um, just because we've reviewed the series, I think it'd be kind of cool, um, and the fact that you know I mean we've we're kind of invested we're we're vested in it a little bit so yeah I mean I I I I could watch it why not? You know I re- I really did miss that natural natural Libre thing a little bit because we had a perfect perfect segue to this next story uh, uh, because we got speaking some, of Nacho Libre <laughs> speaking of Nacho that. Libre. Uh, <laughs> we got some we got some interesting news regarding some you know one of our favorite subjects video game movies. Uh, on this front, uh, we got some news on the the long in development Minecraft movie. Now, Ross, keep in mind, uh, when this was originally developed, it was going to be directed by uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia's own Rob McElhenney, starring Steve Carell. It's going to be an animated movie. You familiar with Minecraft at all? Uh, the, the game? Yeah. Uh, a, l- a little bit. I mean, uh, not, not, not much. You, you have a vague understanding of it, right? A little bit, yeah. I've seen okay. the merchandise out. And now, I, I now kind what if of, yeah. I told you that was going to get turned to a live-action movie directed by Jared Hess, who directed Napoleon Dynamite and Nacho Libre, starring Jason Momoa? Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't get it. Nothing, sure. nothing about, nothing about that sounds good. I just, yeah, I don't get it, but yeah, sure. Like that, like that sounds like a joke announcement you'd hear on like April April first. Something that's crazy. Like that that is just, I I cannot think of anything so polar opposite of what like if you're gonna do a Minecraft movie, don't do this. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense. It really doesn't. I don't I don't understand it. But I mean, kind of like Super Mario Bros. I'm kind of dying to see because I just want to know like what what the hell does this look like? And Momoa, I believe I believe him him and Bonet have kids, don't they? I would assume. If, if, if that dude's not, if that dude's not a father, yeah, he is. He's got, 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 got two with Lisa Bonet. Uh, so yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, I know this is, a, this is a clear thing for his kids, but I'm, I just, I want to know what this looks like because what, what does, what do you do? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Another move I don't quite understand. Uh, so. Again, Wicked, the Broadway, sh- the book turned broad- hit Broadway show has been in development for a movie for quite some time. Uh, we talked about how they got two leads uh, in, uh, you know, they got their Glinda and Alphaba in Cynthia Erivo and Ariana Grande. Uh, but they announced something of a while back that just, <laughs> you go like, huh? Uh, it was announced that Wicked is not just getting a movie, it is getting two movies. Uh, yes, we are splitting the show, which is. Fairly short. I think the whole thing only runs like two hours, uh, and they are expanding it into two different films. Now, Russell, have you ever seen Wicked? 
I have not. Um, obviously, know the premise of it. You know, yeah. I, I would recommend taking making that like a family Broadway trick. I think I think you know, I think I think Ella would really enjoy it, and also your family as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I I just I don't understand the I don't understand the need for this, just because again that that show flies so well and it's paced so well and that second act just the second act is again the second act just flies by. It flows perfectly well yeah. as one Broadway show. I don't understand the need to make it two movies. It feels, it, it feels, it feels very Hobbit, for the Broadway world. <laughs> yeah, that's the best way I could describe. It feels, feels kind of like their version of the Hobbit. There you go. Uh, I don't know. Again, I know Oz has other books. I don't know what you expand on. I feel like they're gonna make Dorothy a more prominent character, which I think is a fucking mistake. Yeah. Which again, like Dorothy is. Like the cool thing about Dorothy in the show is like she's mentioned in passing and like she's present, but you never she's you never see her. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it is cool. Like it's, it's all focused on Alphabet, but I feel like you know we're gonna, we're gonna get Dorothy a more prominent role. She's gonna get her yeah. own song. I, I can just I can see like it's like oh no please don't please don't please stop please just stop. <laughs> yeah, but this, they're now set for twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five, which again ironic because uh, let me check the ages on these people. <laughs> Uh, I think uh, Arivo has to be in her 30s, I think. Hold on, let's see. Cynthia Arivo. Uh, 35! Jeez. <laughs> and Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande is uh, 28. Keep in mind, this story starts when both these girls are at school. There's going to be some grown-ass school students. Jeez. So yeah, again, not a lot of this does not inspire confidence, but again, I think that this could turn out really well. Not inspiring confidence, but this, this could turn out really well. <laughs> uh, biggest news at CinemaCon coming out was that, I mean, as we all expected, but they finally came out and said it: the Batman is officially getting a sequel. What? Uh, I mean, they're, they're, not, they're announcing the thing I, I wasn't expecting. Matt Reeves is coming back to the sequel. Cool. Which I'm which I'm really excited about. Uh, I wasn't sure. I, I, I mean, I knew Pat was gonna come back. I wasn't sure if, if, if uh, Matt Reeves was. So I, think, yeah. I think that I think that's a great, great get for them. Uh, you know, Russell, as, some, as two guys who are both big fans of the Batman's, uh, <laughs> you excited for another round of these two other two of these guys? Yeah, I mean, why not? Um, you know, I never thought in a million years we could do a three, almost a three-hour, you know, the longest running uh, Batman <laughs> film, and it, and I think it went fine. I mean, it was paced fine. You know, it, it went by rather quickly. It did. I've seen other two two hour movies, two and a half hour movies, obviously go a lot slower. But yeah, I, I'm down for another Reeves Pats and uh, reuniting. Absolutely. I, I mean, I, I would love to see. I love to see tackle a lot of films we haven't seen, like you know, Mr. Freeze, Court of Owls. Yeah. Well, I mean, we we had Mr. Freeze, but like a good Mr. Freeze in a movie. <laughs> and maybe bring a cameo of Arnold in. You know, I think that'd be fun. Uh, but yeah. Uh, and uh, next we're talking about this is this is a this is a crazy ass story. So, uh, longtime franchise director Justin Lin uh, had oh, exited yeah. uh, Fast. We had a lot of news regarding uh, the tenth Fast and Furious film, which is now titled Fast X. Oh, which <laughs> we all thought that was like okay. Oh, oh, oh. Fast X. That means X means ten. X. <laughs> what, 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 what's the next one called? Fast X I. Yeah. Still uh, so think yeah. Scream should have done the S5 ream. Oh, 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 5 cream? 
five cream. Oh, that have been fantastic. What, mean, a, yeah. what a what a what a missed opportunity. What a waste. But yeah, uh, so this is a crazy one because Brie Larson apparently joined the cast, as well as Danielle yeah. Malkior from uh, Suicide Squad, and then Justin Lin just said like, you know what, I'm out. <laughs> it was funny because he was literally in a video um, with, with Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. And Diesel was hyping it up, and uh, and he was in the back. Lynn was in the back, like saying, "Yeah, yeah." You could tell he was like almost saying, "Like I, I gotta get the fuck out of here." He's like, "You know what? No, I can't. I can't do this." So did he leave because of what the toxicity with that Diesel? It's hard to work with, or what? Yeah, because like like a, a, a yeah. big narrative of Hollywood right now, like the D, like no one wants to work with Diesel. That's why the Rock doesn't do these movies anymore, because like it's, he does not like working with Vin. But it's, the thing is, like if you take Fast and the Furious out, away from Vin Diesel, he has nothing. He has, he has so, so, well, he has the pacifier. He has the pacifier. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, my where, bad. Where's, where's pacifier two? I'm at a part two. <laughs> Boiler room two. There, so fucking keep it rolling. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so yeah, like the find, whole, find me guilty too. <laughs> right, I'm done. So yeah, a whole the whole narrative <laughs> regarding this is the fact that people do not like working with Vin. Again, that's, that's why Dwayne Johnson doesn't, doesn't do these movies anymore. He he does not like working with Vin Diesel. Uh, I just don't understand. Like, I, it's it's crazy. It almost makes you wonder, like, what he does. What is to it? make people not? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, apparently, he like he, sh- he shows up late every day. He doesn't. He doesn't know his lines. <laughs> he, sh- he doesn't show up in shape. Oh well. Uh yeah. So it's it's crazy. But you know, uh, they were apparently like hemorrhaging money, waiting to get a new director because like they were in the middle of filming. When Justin yeah, was so like, you know is, what? This is huge. Yeah. When Justin was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm out. Uh, they got their replacement in uh, Louis Leterrier, uh, director of The Incredible Hulk and The Transporter and you know, other things. Which mean, Incredi- the Incredible Hulk, very underrated film. I just want to throw that out. It's okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think that this is... <laughs> uh, I think these movies basically direct themselves at this point, I guess. I mean, you really, uh, you and I could do it. I mean, you just have a bunch of... Uh, Michael Bay would be fantastic for this. Michael Bay's Fast and Furious would have been fucking sweet. That'd have been like what a trip that would have been. Yeah, but or shit, get get the or get the guys who did uh, Bad Boys for Life. Yeah, hell yeah, because I mean that was a that was a pretty good follow up for uh, oh, yeah, it was. you know the the non Michael Bay directed Bad Boys. But yeah, uh, I mean shit, just, just vroom boom ass. The movies make the movies make themselves. Like that's it. Yeah, I mean, what you got to do? It's got to be better than Tokyo Drift. It's gotta be better than a lot of these live movies. A lot of these movies are not very good. I don't. I don't know how. I don't know how we keep this franchise going. Yeah, and and we can never have franchise month where we just tackle all those movies. Maybe. Well, no, no. But it, it, there's too many. We'd have to put out two a week, and we still be. We still would be short. What? We, no. A month. Oh yeah, we we need another two? week. Yeah. Oh wow. That's what's, what's, that's the that's the wild thing about this franchise. Uh, but yeah, the... so uh, this is at free release what? on. Uh, it's still set for release on May nineteenth, twenty twenty three. And uh, last story we're talking about today. It's another. It's another departing director. Um, uh, John Watts, uh, Spider Man director John Watts, who was set to direct the Fantastic Four reboot for, for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, has exited the project. Oh boy. Uh, so yeah, he decided because he didn't did, want to take a break from comic movies, which I do understand. And I honestly do like this. Like, actually, I wasn't thrilled with Watts getting getting the job. Not that I didn't like the work he did with Spider Man. I really liked what he did with uh, the Spider Man trilogy. But uh, I mean, I, I didn't want him to do it for the same reason I don't want Peyton Reed to do it because people throw, throw out Peyton Reed because that's the movie he's wanted to do forever. 
and I get it, but what I I would want to see somebody else who hasn't made an MCU movie before come in and make and, and make this. I, I want to see some new blood, get, get a new voice, get some you know get some new talent behind the lens. I think, I think that's cool. You know, they they you know get these directors who work these smaller projects. You know, give them an avenue to you know showcase their skills on a bigger stage. I think I think, I think that's really cool because like look at you know look at what they did with Chloe Zhao or look what they did with uh, you know Destin Daniel Cretton. Or James Gunn, even you know, get some new blood, and let's, let's see, let's see what they can do with with this property. But you know, what 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 do you think? Are you, are you, you know, were you are you less interested now that Watts is gone? Were you excited for his vision? What what do you think about no, Watts leaving? First off, can we just talk about Peyton Reed's masterpiece, Bring It On? Uh, yeah. Fantastic film, love that movie still. Um, many times watching that movie. Anyway, um, no, kind of what you said. But I'm 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 down for anything. Honestly, I, I like bringing different. You know. Like Chloe Zhao with Eternals and stuff like that, you know, bring in something completely different, you know, make it a different feel. I like it. Yeah, uh, it's, something, it's something original. Uh, let somebody else with a different, uh, different vision do something. Yeah, I, I, I don't because we're at the end of the day, you're still going to go see a Spider-Man movie. It doesn't matter, you know. Fantastic, so, fantastic uh, Four yeah. is a tougher, a tougher sell, but. Or Fantastic Four just in itself has had a bad run. Um, what could have been, man? What could have been with the with the pieces in the puzzle there? The two. Yeah, three good, pretty good, solid actors there for that movie, and wow! You had a lot, you had a lot of solid actors wow. in that movie, and holy wow. shit, man! Oof. Yeah, but anyways, we'll see. We'll see who steps in to direct that 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 piece because you know it's it's coming. They're not going to cancel that movie just because John Watts is gone. <laughs> Kevin Feige will not be denied. No, he's like, catch me if you can. <laughs> And that brings us to our movie of the week, which is, of course, Catch Me If You Can. So, yeah, uh, this movie came out in the year... Let's flash back to the year 2002. Uh, This was one of two Spielberg movies come out the same year, uh, the other being Minority Report. I'm going to say Minority Report. And I think for sake of statistics, this is our fourth Steven Spielberg movie we've done. Is it really? We've done Jaws. We've done both. Uh, both his Jurassic Lo- movies, and, yeah, no Jurassic. Yeah, so this is. I mean, this has easily been the most director. I mean, easily the the most that we've talked about a director. Is it? It's this is four, right? This is four. Yeah, you're right. Okay. I think we have to go back and run the, run the numbers, but yeah, I think you're right. This, this could be our very much our most talked about director. And yeah. I think this is fitting that we're doing this one because this feels like, you know, this, this, this is a Spielberg type movie. We ha- we haven't talked about one quite like this. Uh-uh. Uh, so yeah, this was uh, yeah, came out in 2002. Was a crit was a critical hit. It was a box office hit too, bringing in a uh, 352 million across budget, 50, uh, 52 million. So it was it was a good hit for the day. Uh, but how does it hold up, and how do I feel about it, considering who's at the forefront of the film? Oh, you're crazy. This is this is the first DiCaprio <laughs> movie we ever got to talk about. So I also I'm, was thinking about that too. Man. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, 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 and it's time for me to make my feelings known about this guy. Uh, but let's get into it. This is this is catch me if you can. Uh, we open up and we see that the uh, well. First of all, we get a really really good opening credit sequence, which you know the kind of which we don't really see in movies much anymore. Yeah. Uh, and we see that. Uh, He's already been catched. <laughs> the guy yeah. he's trying to catch has already been catched with. It's, that's the thing I don't, uh, I don't particularly like about this one. I don't, I don't think the framing device is necessary. Yeah, I, I do. I don't like the idea that we already know he's. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't like that. 
I mean, I mean, I, I get knowing that he's gonna be he's gonna be caught, but oh, I, yeah, I feel like the whole framing device of like, oh, he's flashing back. I feel like that's kind of unnecessary. Yeah, I mean, we really don't need to. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't really add. It doesn't really add to the film. And like, say you don't know. I feel like you know, be much more on edge for a lot of these scenes if you didn't know he was. If you didn't know the story and didn't know he was gonna get caught. Yeah. So don't see. I think it'd be perfect. Just don't do away. Just do it with the flash. Yeah, I, I think I think you could have just cut cut that out of the movie for sure. Uh, but you know, we do we do end up flashing back to 1963, and we meet our main character, Frank Abagnale Jr., played by Leonardo. DiCaprio. Man, what a hater. Now, okay, now, now, now let me break down why I don't like this guy. And it's not <laughs> just because he's the face of my of the, the movie that I one of my most hated of all time, which is Titanic. I can't stand that fucking film. Really? Oh, God. I, I fucking hate that movie. We'll have to talk about that sometime. <laughs> Jesus. Delight, delightful film that I've seen three times in the theaters. That's fucking, that's fucking insane. <laughs> that's fucking insane. I... I've sat through that thing three times. I couldn't imagine. Pa- I couldn't imagine paying to do it three times. Wow. Uh, my, th- my thing, the thing with DiCaprio is, well, yeah, and this is. What am I trying to say? All the movies that he's done post this, though, man. Like you look at like Revolutionary Road, and, like all those movies, man. And I said that just because he was reunited with Kate Winslet. Yeah, <laughs> okay, of course. But thing. seriously, though, I, yeah. I, I oh. will never deny the guy's talent. Yeah, I, 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 I won't. Uh, but the thing, the thing that puts him off for me is the fact that I feel like he's he comes across as a tryhard to me. I also don't find a lot of variance in his character. He's usually playing kind of smog or insecure douche. Always got this like weird accent. He's there's always there's always a scene where he's like screaming, laughing, and crying all at the same time. I just, I just find watching him kind of just taxing and also kind and also kind of irritating. But look at all the women he woos in this movie. <laughs> I mean, come on, you know. Uh, yeah, again, he's a he's the guy with a, with a presence that just always just he always just he always put, just puts me off of anything he's in. And then yeah, again, even like you you feel that currently too. Um, with, with with this movie? No, I'm saying currently like with his like uh, like I'm talking like way down like Wolf of Wall Street, Revenant, Wolf, the, like, Wolf uh, of Wall Shutter Street, Island. Wolf of Wall Street. I didn't care. I didn't care for it just because. I mean, I didn't care for as much as everyone else because I, feel, I, it felt like a, a greatest hits of DiCaprio for me. Like it felt like I was watching him do, do everything that I've seen him do before. Okay, well, fair enough. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just think his his career shifted after all, like all these movies, like O two, and I think moving like this was kind of started the, you know what I mean? For, for but I get it. Yeah, and um, I will say I do think that he is a he's a very he's a very talented actor, and I will say my favorite performances that he's given in his career are What's Eating a Book Grape, which I do think okay. he's, he's fantastic in, and yeah. uh, <laughs> and uh, Django Django Chain, which I think he's excellent. I think he's an I, actual thought, actual I thought maybe you were going to say Body of Lies that he'd filmed with Pi <laughs> with Oh yeah. No. Yeah, but, but yeah. But, bottom yeah. line, my knowledge with DiCaprio is the fact that he's just he. I, th- I think he's a lot of lunches doing a very similar thing throughout his entire career, and I'm like, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm just kind of sick of it. Fair enough. I mean, you know, fair enough. I mean, like, 
you know, we can't all be like Liam Neeson and, and continually do things that, and I just, I, I can't wait to go see memory. I, I'm looking forward <laughs> to that. Uh, speaking of people that do the same shit, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but anyways, I will say he is, he is actually, he's quite good in this movie. Okay. I, will, I, will, I will give him props for where he's due. What I do like about his character is, you know, he's, in, he's again, we see that he's, Brought up by his father, uh, Frank Abagnale Sr., played by Christopher Walken, who's I, I always love seeing and stuff. He's just a fa- he's fantastic at anything. Yeah, uh, who his his father is a con man. He basically kind of brought up his son to do the same thing. And what I think works about uh, Abagnale Jr. is the fact, and what works about his cons, why he gets away with what he does, is and this is the thing that I I learned when I was in when I was in middle school, when I was taking theater class, is like. He bel- he has supreme confidence and just he believes in what he's saying. Like for example, we see him go in th- go into his school, and he gets up and acts like he's a teacher. Oh, which is fantastic because like it, it, like you see him literally in the in the classroom getting ready, like he's a student in there, and then all of a sudden it, it's a it's a it's a role reversal, and then he's he's literally the guy that's. But it's just the confidence, the aura that he he his character has in this movie that uh, resonates in all the, all the different occupations that he has throughout this film. You know I mean? It's just that, that aura that he, ha- that he has. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's, it's funny. Cause I did do something very similar to this once in my, in my own school. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, literally like, I, like my, our, our teacher was out. So we had a sub and the sub came in and I was like, I'll at the board. It's like writing. I was right. I don't know what was writing, but like the chief, like they thought I was, or else came and thought I was the sub, and so like, you know, I, I just I decided to keep it up. I was always keep it going as far as I could. I nearly got through the entire period until the sub actually showed up because they were they were running late. Yeah, that's funny. I've never, I don't, I can't say I had the balls to ever do that, or even think to do that. Yeah, but it, it is it's super entertaining though. This scene's super funny though. But yeah, like this, the the unbelievability in this film is, it's it's kind of crazy. Just because, like, you look at, like, for example, like, it starts here where, like, he was a te- he was being, pretending to be the teacher. But he yeah. was able to do this for a week. Yeah, but then and on top of it, you you realize his age at the time. Yeah. Too. But, yeah, the fact that he was able to do, do this for a week, do parent-teacher conferences, set up a field trip. I mean, and, and he's, what, only, like, 17, 16, 17? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's absolutely – it shows you, first off, how intelligent – he really is and to it's just like one of those things it's like well of course he can do that of course he could do that you know what are, what are the odds you know what i mean Thank but you. uh definitely um, i i really do think it's just it's 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 the confidence that he has as his character just has that that, that makes you believe it you know yeah we also see that he's having a little bit of trouble at home again like as much as he idolizes his father uh he has a he has a sort of a heartbreaking thing uh, with his mother, where we find out his his mother's having an affair uh, yeah. with with uh, a friend of his father, played by James Brolin. This movie has like a surprisingly stacked cast. Yeah, nice to see uh, Papa Brolin in there too. Papa Brolin, yeah. To where, yeah, and you see how much you see how much it hurts Frank's because you know you had that trust. You, like, he felt like he came from a good family, and now just like you know, like if yes, it's like everything he's come to realize is kind of a lie. Yeah, I mean, especially when he idolizes his dad so much and realizes that, like, his literally his friend is the one that's kind of doing, literally doing his, you know, doing his dad dirty like that. I mean, it's it's it, it is heartbreaking, and it does really change the way that he looks at his mom too. You know? 
Yeah, then uh, we find out that his dad, uh, his parents are getting a divorce, which in the, in the 60s was a much bigger deal than it is now. Oh, it was, it was huge because mar- marriage was like the, the, the most sacred, you know, uh, most sacred of, you know, relations that you can get into. And it was looked upon like negatively if you ever got into a, a divorce. Yeah, well, uh, when, when trying to decide whether to live with his mother or his father, Frank decides, you know what, fuck this shit, and he, he just bolts, <laughs> trying to make it on his own. Only problem is uh, he's got a little bit of problem regarding, got a little bit of issue regarding cash flow. Yeah, cash flow isn't a consistent, no, no consistent income. Yeah, uh, he's got he's got a checkbook, but really that's it, and the fact and his checks keep bouncing. Yeah, and his dad was the one that actually got him the checkbook because he kind of wanted to motivate his son to, to, uh, you know, to and save money and 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 you know be comfortable, you know, living. Yeah, but but then he sees something that kind of essentially changes his whole trajectory in life. Uh, he sees uh, a pilot get out of a get out of a cab and realizes, huh, how hard could that be? <laughs> <laughs> now the way he goes about it is actually very interesting. See, he goes to uh, Pan Am, which was a huge airline back back in the '60s, and asks to interview a pilot for a school project, which works because he looks. It's funny. Another thing with DiCaprio, he's a guy. He he looks either 15 or 30, depending on how the depending on the scenario for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he uh, basically gets like figures out how to fake his credentials and fake his checks uh, in order to, you know, pass as a get paid by Pan Am. My thing is, like, with the whole uh, being pilot thing, like, you, you would have to fly sometime. I mean, not just always riding in the, the jump seat, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He, he gets by by riding in the jump seat, which is yeah. uh, sort of like the seat for, like, uh, something, something happens to one of the pilots, uh, you know, the guy, the guy in the jump seat... <laughs> Kind of the jump seat fills in. Thank God he never got asked to fly anything. Yeah, definitely funny. Uh, definitely seen. You know, I think my wife would appreciate because she was a flight attendant. So was she really aviation? Yeah, she was a flight attendant, and my father-in-law is a pilot. So yeah, a lot of aviation, and then there was TSA. Thing, yeah. there, we, there we have it. Full circle there. <laughs> we also see like how many how many actors they have in just small roles. Like, they, like she goes like he goes to a bank and the bank teller is Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, which is I mean, which is great just to see her in her early early young Elizabeth Banks. You know, and she and she looks pretty similar to what she, she looks. Does now. Lo- looks the same, yeah. But you can definitely tell, I mean definitely tell she's a lot looks a lot younger. But yeah, kind of what you said. A lot of cameos we'll see throughout this uh, film, which is kind of funny. Uh, yeah. Um, I think Frank's real superpower is being able to weasel his way into basically anywhere because, like you know, he's he's back at the he's back at at the bank because what he tries he tries to get information on the actual check machine. Where like he's not making phone he's not making phony checks. Well, he is, but they're as legit as you can possibly make them. Yeah, so he obviously uses his you know the fact that Elizabeth Banks is uh, you know bank teller is kind of ditzy, and that he uses his kind of charm to kind of like flirt around with her, to, in order to get those types of answers that he needs to obviously perfect his art. Yeah, so uh, he ends up going to buy one of the one of these machines, but that's when he gets uh, that's when he comes into the notice of what is it the F- FBI? 
FBI, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, Tom Hanks. Yep. Yes, played by Tom Hanks going all in on that New England accent. All, all in, yes. Yeah, and this, this, is, a, this is also like a, big, a pretty big departure for Hanks. You've never done any, a role quite like this before. Not really, uh-uh. Yeah, and he, and he is fantastic in this. Oh, and their their time together on the screen though is really magical. Um, they both just really vibe well off one another. But then, and the thing is, like, they don't really. And I, I kind of equate this, equate this to Heat in a way, where like they're not on screen together often. But, but it's when, the fact that their characters are yeah, their characters are intertwined, and the fact that yeah. you always feel like they're watching each other. Yeah, like they're always around, and especially with obviously you know the Christmas bond that they have. Always Christmas, they're running into one another. You get yeah, kind of what you said. It's it, you do feel like the characters are are constantly just one step away from each other. You know. Yeah, sort of remind me of like a, a lighter hearted heat in that in that kind yeah. of sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but you know he has a very good check in with Dad and Chris, Christopher Walken, also fantastic. He actually got an Oscar nomination for this role, which was surprising. <laughs> Yeah, seriously, because out of all the supporting roles that you've seen him in, yeah. Uh, you know, he, he, he says, you know, I have, I have money now. I'm going to take care of my parents. Uh, but, you know, the, 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 dad, the dad turns it down because, like, you know, you got you to be smart with your money, son. I feel, and I also do like how he has becomes like a more, he becomes a smarter con man the more the movie goes on. Well, yeah, you, you start to see him kind of fixing up his imperfections and perfecting them, you know what I mean? Definitely trying to be a better con person, you know, definitely be a, a better con artist, yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite scenes in this movie is when they find, they track him down in Miami. Uh, they get they get to his hotel, they get him in the, they get, uh, Carl uh, gets Frank in 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 the room. Find, yeah. Tracks him down in his room, he comes out, and you're like, oh shit, he's been made. But... He's just no. like, uh, no, he's just like, oh, sh-. like his reaction is, oh, shit, I was wondering when you get here. And he says he's Secret Service. Yeah, and literally his friend just ended up taking somebody in a car, and he goes, oh, we got him right there. We got him right there. So he has, uh, you know, Frank shows um, Tom Hanks' character the car, and yeah. he's put his hand up. That's my partner. We got him, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I also find that psychology is interesting because, like, he hands – he hands uh, Carl the wallet. Yeah. Like his wallet. He's like, take my credentials before he even checks it. He distracts him with something else. Yeah. I, I like when movies can like bring in like real human psychology to this. Or oh, to for anything. sure. Uh, yeah. You, you see this how much whenever he turns his back on Hank, like he's just, he's just shaking. He's just like, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but he managed, he manages to fool him and he gets away. <laughs> And you're like, holy shit! Good shot, Frank. Yeah, and I think he waved. Does he? Doesn't he wave at him? Yeah, he does. Yeah, which is fantastic because literally, he, he. I feel like he's always like two steps ahead of uh, Tom Hanks's character. Yeah, and and that's that's the whole cat and mouse, that's the whole cat and mouse game. This movie is playing at that the majority of it. Uh, so he just uh he decides to you know abandon. The po- well, not abandon it, but you know, try to push it, push his life in other directions. He seduces a, a socialite played by Jennifer Garner, who's uh, looks absolutely gorgeous in this film. Uh, yeah, again, another actress who's aged very well. Yeah. Uh, then he decides to you know take an interest in the law. 
and that's where he meets uh, another again a minor a uh, small role from an actor should become like a massive sensation Amy Adams oh my god and like almost like unrecognizable you know what I mean so, oh, she's how much she's changed like just in general but um, always always given great performances and she does well, it's crazy that she goes from being, being like a teenager to being like a middle-aged housewife within like 20 years. It's crazy. I mean, how and, and like she looks so thin and young. It's it, it is it's it's really crazy. Like how you know what I mean? I'm not saying that she's heavy by any means, but you know what I mean. You could just tell she looks so young in this movie. Yeah. I'm sorry. I I misspoke. He decides to pretend to be a doctor. <laughs> Yeah, pretends and to be then, a doctor because she's a, like a, a she's, nurse. She's a nurse, and then takes yeah. interest in the law. Which is which is which is wild that like the fact that I think another thing he does well is like he asks the right questions. I feel like the script just like paints him in a light where it's like, oh, you you understand why people are just willing to give him information and just talk to the guy. It's like he has the answers to the test before the test is being taken. You know what I mean? Thing is, another thing I think about Frank Abagnale's character is the fact that it demonstrates that he doesn't really think that far ahead because like he pretends to be a doctor. Uh, he's the yeah. I think he's like the resident doctor, like whatever, like the head sur- the head surgeon is. Yeah, because uh, he can pick his own staff or whatever. Yeah. Problem is, whenever they ask him to do something that's like like something medical. But it's funny because then it sh- it flashes back to him watching like uh, medical programs and stuff like that, which I think is kind of funny. That's where he's getting his uh, his information, you know, his information on how to act. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, there's a situation where a guy comes, a kid comes into the ER, and he's yeah, like, "What do you think, bro- doctor?" Leg. Well, what do you think? Do, do you, you concur? <laughs> you concur? Do you concur? So you concur? He, again, again, because he saw it on on TV. It's just, it's really funny how he is completely washing his hands of this scene or like of this whole situation, not trying to be involved in it at all. Um, he's like, "Okay, well, yep." He just walks away from this scene. He's like, like, well, one of those guys, one of those guys, got to do it, right? <laughs> one of these guys has got it. This, this, this kid will yeah. be fine. Yeah, yeah, you're good. And like I said, he, he begins a love, uh, you know, love affair with Brenda, played by Amy Adams. Yeah. And uh, you know, he tries this. This is this is the girl that this is the, the woman he spends most time with. You feel like yeah. he's like, and you feel like he's really invested in this relationship in particular. Like, you don't feel like it's a con. You feel like he really wants this per- to spend the rest of his life, his life with this person. Only problem yeah. is their whole relationship is just, just based on lies. Yeah, which is completely fun- like funny scene when uh, he ends up going to dinner at, at uh, Amy Adams' parents' house. Her dad played by Martin fucking Sheen, of all people. <laughs> I mean, we just, we, we're cranking out cameos left and right, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, you're, Lot, a lot of, lot of small roles with big ag- big names. Star, I, I do like that. Stars turn out for Spielberg, man. Turn and even out. the mom. Who's the mom? The mom looks familiar too. She's somebody too. Oh, the mom's been in. I know. I've, I she's know been. I've in, she's been in a bunch of shit. Yeah, uh, Nancy she, Lenahan. She was. I mean, I I know if my friend. My name is Earl. Nah, I'm trying to think. Where would I know her from? I don't know. You tell me. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna look her up and then I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, now now running a thing where like he's not only is he going to be uh, married to Brenda, but he's now going to be a lawyer, which automatically should raise a red flag with the father. Like, how do you go from being a doctor to going to law school? 
Yeah, which is and, and just so happens he picks the law school that Martin Sheen went to. What are the odds? Yeah, uh, like seriously, out of all the law schools you could potentially go to, and literally, what was it? I believe it was uh, not Cal State. I don't know. Uh, something in California was it? I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but ultimately, uh, he does he does win over uh, Brenda's father. The point where uh, you know he's kind of been accepted into the into their social group, and their, uh, his way for studying for the bar is watching old episodes of Perry Mason, which is hilarious because like literally and well you obviously find like I don't know I, I don't want to talk about it now but you kind of find out later on because um, Tom Hanks' character is always asking Frank how he passed the bar. And uh, it's it's really funny though if if, the, if it in fact is true that that that's what really did it it's it's pretty hilarious. Yeah, but uh, anyways, it, uh, movie carries on. But and Carl again, as far as Frank gets, Carl is always right behind him. Yeah, literally, and and again, that's what drives this movie though. It's just that chase, the cat mouse. It's just so engrossing it, it really Spielberg does a really good job of really uh getting you involved in the movie like you you want to oh what the hell what, what's going to happen next how's he going to get his way out of this one how's he going to get his way out of this one you know what i mean it's just it's 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 just it's a really good fun different Spielberg it's, it's, it's a really good different uh different film from Spielberg yeah like for like for example like Frank uh Carl gets uh Carl Cornish Frank senior he's asking about his son and Again, Frank nearly gets away with it. Nearly. Yeah. But he ends up seeing a letter mailed by Frank. And it's funny, though, how Walken tries to cover. Oh, he made a fake ID. He's off in Vietnam. But, like, it just shows you how perfect of a bullshitter they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it it, it, it really is. Uh, so you know he's he's been made again. Now he now he has to cut and run because the engagement party that they're having for both Frank and Brenda is now being crashed by the FBI. Yeah, that 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 puts a damper on. That, that, yeah, that that, that 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 was kind of narrow things down. Like, well, that is kind of bring down to bring down the mood. Can't say I've ever been to a party that's been crashed by the FBI. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Still early. Just, just wait. Just wait till one of your stepdaughter's weddings. It's gonna happen. <laughs> I know, and I and I'm betting on which one. I got an envelope right here. <laughs> when it happens, you're gonna call me and be like, "God damn it, Chance, you're right. You ruined it. You ruined <laughs> the damn thing. You, you 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 talked it into existence. Way to go." Uh, yeah, but uh, he gets made, and he and he asks uh, Brenda to come to come with him. And you th- you think she you for a moment think she's gonna do it. Uh, you think she's yeah. gonna, you think she's gonna go with it because you know you do feel like. Their relationship is genuine. However, uh, uh, you know, it's it's Brenda. She's she's too she's too good natured to be a criminal for the rest of her life. So yeah. she's waiting there. But Frank notices that the FBI is watching, is watching her every move. So just like shit. Okay, I gotta go. Yeah. He's like, oh, well, can't pursue this. And uh, was this bef- was this before or after he did the whole uh, diversion with the Pan Am girls? This is uh, this is before because he sees before, that the yeah, airport's so, being he, he sees the airport's being right, watched. Right, the airport's being watched. So what he does yeah. is I don't know how he has time to organize all this. Uh, yeah. What he does is he starts a program for new Pan Am girls to be like a flight attendant, be yeah. flight attendants, 
I don't or know he how, got the costumes, or well, he probably got the costumes the same place he got his. Yeah, but also like how he has the authority to credential all this. Like, what were these girls told when they got to the airports? Yeah, uh, just walk with me and make it look like you own it. <laughs> yeah, but I do like that. Like, I do like the way it's diversion because this might be a scene in. I know this is like a really like lowbrow example of this, but it might be a scene in uh, Captain America's uh, Winter Soldier where remember that scene in Winter Soldier where they're trying to avoid the Hydra agents and uh, uh, the. Nat's like you know tells Steve like kiss, kiss me and, you know, okay yeah they, they do that and like uh, the guy looks away yeah yeah uh, when they're walking when he's walking with the crowd of girls nobody's noticing the pilot they're only looking because all because it's a time where female women could not be FBI agents yeah but this is perfect that you know obviously Frank picks the most attractive uh, girls out of the bunch in order to turn heads of guys and it works perfectly because they completely he goes completely through the airport unscathed yeah <laughs> so he he, man, he manages to get away uh carl has lost him again and yeah. he pay, and he pays a guy him. to wear to wear his uniform so they go to go that car instead yeah which they absolutely surround and he has him by gunpoint it's absolutely hilarious which yeah carl looks like an must look like the biggest idiot in the fbi right now cuz he keeps getting outsmarted by the same guy and he's like literally like seventeen years old. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Frank Frank is left Frank has left the country. Uh, however, he does track him down to a village in France, which is also where his mother was from, which also has reports of phony checks. Yeah. Uh, he managed to track him down to his village again. This is where his, where his mother was born, where his mother is from, and he fi- and he finds him in a printing in a printing warehouse. Making uh, checks, yeah. yeah. Making checks. This is where you know, him and Frank come face to face for, I think, only like the second or third time that the entire film. I believe two, three. I think it's third. Yeah. If you're not counting the beginning, right? Right. No, yeah, not, not, not counting the beginning. Okay, so then maybe second, second then. Yeah. There's only, yeah, it's kind of crazy. This is like the fact that like these two have such, such good rapport and good chemistry, the fact that like, they're barely on screen together. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, he, cor- he corners him in the, in the factory. He's just like, "Hey, yeah, look, uh, I, kn- I know you're trying to avoid me. I know this is, this is fun for you, but the French not exactly happy to be, have been ripped off for all this for all this time." Yeah, and I like how he's like, "Oh, there's like 20 French officers out there with yeah. like, yeah, yeah." Thing is, I, I do like the scene because there's a lot of tension because you don't know you don't know if he's if he's telling the truth or not. You don't know if he's trying to play him. You don't know if he's like. If he's if he's genuine, but you're like okay, crap. Could you really die if you step out with anyone but him? But I like how Leo calls the bullshit thing because of the fact that it is Christmas Eve. It's like, do you really have that many people out there on Christmas Eve? You know. Yeah, and <laughs> but you know he's, he's trying he's trying to you know really get un, under Frank's un, under under Carl's skin. You're just like okay, oh, yeah, keep keep pushing life, Frank. Sure, whatever you say, buddy. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately, for Kalkovitz, we just like, dude, you're, you're, you're still you're still young. You can get away with this if if you just cooperate. You'll face less time than you would. So just yeah, just put just put, just put the cuffs on, come out, and he he comes out, and there's nobody there, and you're just like, fuck, did he did he did he fucking get him? Like Carl called his bluff, yeah, yeah. Like like the, the, did Carl like really bluff this guy? Uh, but. <laughs> No, tur- turns out uh, he was. The, they were just very late, 
And they they pull they pull like some like some, like they pull about some fast and furious shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they yeah the gu- guns are out. The French are like I said, French like always are not happy. Yeah, not not very happy. And so yeah, you would think the movie is en- about ending at this point, but no, there's actually like thirty minutes left. Uh, so yeah, we, uh, we saw in the in the beginning he was caught and he was being brought he was being extradited back to the U.S. Mm. Uh, for you know to face his crimes in America. Now uh, he was promised that he could uh, that he could talk to his dad uh, when they land. Only thing what, what Carl didn't tell him is that his dad died. Yeah, and literally waits till they're almost touching down to break the uh, the news to him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, and I think this is the thing where, like, it kind of like it has a reaction very similar to when his parent when his mom cheat, mom was having an affair. Um, to where like he has a very visceral reaction because like he says as a betrayal of his trust and betrayal of you know, his, like, trust is a very important thing to him. And the fact that like his dad is gone, didn't get to say goodbye because he was off doing all this stuff, it it it, it, it hit hard for him. Do you want to hear an Easter egg that I heard? I think this is kind of interesting. Sure. Um, when Detective Hanready, that's Hanks, takes Frank out of the printing shop in France since we were talking about it, the main French cop who puts the capper in the car is the real-life Frank Abagnale. Was it really? Yeah, he has grayish hair, apparently. I just looked it up. I just wanted to see if there was any catch-me-if-you-can't Easter eggs. I thought that was kind of cool. Well, yeah, and I think think Abagnale was a consultant on this movie. Yeah, so I I just thought that was kind of cool. Yes, so... Uh, Frank locks himself in the bathroom. They're about, they're about to touch down. Only thing is, uh, because Frank has a working knowledge of the mechanics of an airplane, he's able yeah. to like unscrew the toilet top and can escape through the the luggage hatch. And he didn't watch a YouTube video on how to do this. He didn't. No, this 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 is all skill. So he 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 gets away momentarily, but. He sees. He goes to his mom's house. He sees that his mom has start basically started a new family. So he's like, you know what? Fuck it. There's there, there's really there's nowhere else for me to go. It's pretty much all. It's it's pretty much uh, he's been replaced. You know. Yeah. So ultimately, uh, he decides to go to jail, and you think that's where it ends, but no, it keeps it keeps going. Which that's the thing. I think for a while, for a good portion of this ending, I'm just like. This feels unnecessary. You could probably wrap it up here, but the du- this whole thing does have a point. Yeah. You see, Carl's the only one who's going to see Frank in jail, and he asks him about a, fo- a phony check that they got. He's able to successfully identify why and how this thing was made phony. So the F- so the FBI wants to cut him a deal. He's like, "We'll release from prison, but you have to come work for the feds in our in a new department that was going to be examining checks." And on top of it, the guy's getting paid. He's going to have a better gig than he would in jail. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, uh, you know, because it's either that or you know, jail. <laughs> he decides, freedom you know or what? jail. Take a yeah. freedom or jail. Take your pick. He's like, you know what? I'm. You know what? Fine. I'll, I'll go work for you. But he realized very shortly that you know maybe he's not cut out for the you know, nine to five square life that a lot of, that a lot of these feds live. Yeah. So ultimately, he falls back into his ways. He he's, he begins to craft a new pers- a new pilot persona so he can skip town. Yeah. Uh, so 
but he gets found out by uh, he gets found out by Carl. I do like this scene though. Yeah, so he uh, he goes he goes to find him. He's like, dude, where, dude, where are you gonna go? Come on, if you if you go to Europe, you're gonna get a lot a much worse deal than you're getting here in the states. Yeah, but I do like the way the scene ends, where he's just like, Frank, fuck it, fuck it, go, like go. Yeah, no one's no one's chasing you. And I think this is the scene here where it's like l- that whole cat and mouse game isn't a cat and mouse game now. You know what I mean? And I, and yeah, that's the thing that's revealed like a lot about Frank, where it's like you know as much of this was about you know living the high life a big part of that for him was the chase the chase yeah like he like he liked talking with the fbi he liked talking with this guy it was fun it was fun for him it was it was fun for him because he was good at it it was the one time he got to use his it's the one thing he's gotten to use his skills for that was the most rewarding yeah. for him yeah, and then he realizes here it's like, well, he ain't gonna go after me. Well, shit, like yeah, it, lo- it loses its luster. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just like, oh, like, like, you're, not, you're not coming after me. There's not really anybody, and you realize, like, you know, this, this isn't gonna be as cool as cool without Frank or with, like with someone breathing down his neck, like trying trying to catch, trying to get him. Yeah, I mean, Batman needs the Joker, you know. So you you gotta have the yin and the yang. So yeah. But anyways, uh, they do play with they do play with like oh whether not, whether or not it's gonna is he gonna show up or not? Like they, yeah. uh, like they see his desk isn't open. You see a guy running who's late to a meeting. You think it's like, oh, is that him? No, it's not him. He's like, shit, he ain't coming. Uh, but then you know they're looking at a check, and he and he show he shows up to work. He's late, but he shows up to work. Yep. Uh, but that's that's when we think it's the thing we alluded to earlier, where like Frank's always asking, like, how did he pass the bar? Yeah. And he's like, how, how did how did you fake how did you fake the bar? He's like, I didn't fake it. I studied for two weeks and I passed. Like that's the that was the real that's that's probably his biggest weapon his his intellect like Frank yeah. Abagnale was so incredibly smart. Oh, the IQ probably off the chart. I mean, this guy could literally do all the things that he did throughout this movie. That's why he passed the bar because he's naturally a gifted. It also helps they did, did this person. all pre nine eleven. Yeah, and, and it does. Yeah, a little less uh, restrictions back then. Yeah. So, <laughs> and that's when we end. We find out that you know Frank is now living the living the quiet life. And since he's released in prison, uh, he's helped the FBI capture some of the world's most elusive check forgers and counterfeiters, and, it's just, and he's going to be one of the most, one of the foremost authorities on bank fraud and forgery. And a lot of systems in place right now that are used to detect phony checks were created and patented by Abagnale, and who the companies paid millions of dollars to. So this guy clearly uh, ended up getting his money, you know. Yeah. But what, what a fucking life this guy led. <laughs> Dude, I mean, at a young at a young age too, man. Just getting started in, in, you know what I mean, in your late teens and going through. I mean, just it's crazy to think of all of that. But yeah, that's gonna do it for uh, the movie of the week. Russell, final thoughts on Gatsby, if you can. I liked it. I mean, it's another solid Spielberg uh, directed film. Uh, he has a lot of these in his repertoire. Um, I love Hanks in the film. Uh, Leah is just as good. I like kind of like what you said with the heat situation. They're not on screen a lot, but you always feel like they're constantly entangled with one another. Um, just a really in- engrossing film. Like you're you're wanting to know, oh, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? Um, you know, obviously good score again. I think John Williams does this one too. Not a he shocker. Did, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, just everything about the film is really nicely shot. I mean, if it's Spielberg, um, it's John Williams. Nine times for sure. Out of 10. I mean, but um, 
two hours and 20 minute running time goes by rather fast. Um, it's great to see kind of what we were saying, you know, uh, Papa Brolin, uh, Martin Sheen, Amy Adams, uh, Elizabeth Banks, Walken. I mean, just, just a nice little repertoire, like a little repertoire of actors and actresses. Um, well, obviously Brolin, but like with Adams and Banks and, and like you would see who would become later on would be bigger stars. It's kind of nice to see a little bit of their beginnings. So, but overall, like I said, fantastic film. Um, yeah, just it's it's a really good film that I'm glad that um, got to revisit. I hadn't seen that movie for quite some time. Yeah, me neither. And yeah, this, I think this stands up. At, this this is a real standout among people from Long. We're just saying a lot because the guy's made some incredible films about his career. Uh, no. Thanks. And again, good work from Hanks and DiCaprio. I love the two of their the, the, the dynamic. I love the amount of uh, you know big actors they have. Just a small role, like up and comers and you know classic, you know well known established actors. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think this is a really, I guess, like, like I said, I equate it to like a, li- a lighter, more family-friendly heat, and yep. just a, like a really, yeah, really fun, really solid cat and mouse game. I prefer of the of the of the O two Spielberg movies. I prefer Minority Reports, obviously. Um, I would go with that one too. But yeah, I do think this film is just fantastic in its own right. I'm glad, I'm glad we got to you know take a look at it. And that's gonna do Absolutely. it for us here on the show today. Uh, Russell, I'll get our plugs, our plugs before we head out. Wait, yeah, I'm sorry. Toys. That's not going to do it for us today. Oh, take it back. Wait yeah. a minute. What, There's one, something special we have One for everybody. thing we're going to talk about today, we're going to end the show with this. Uh, summer movie season is on is starting now. And what we're, what we're going to do, we're going to go over what our predictions are going to be for the top ten box office movies of the summer. And we're going to post, we're going to talk about our picks uh, overall. We're going to post our list to the Facebook page so we can keep track of our progress. Uh, now I will say, looking at our lists, you and I had nine picks in common. Are you serious? Yes. You didn't put Elvis on there, did you? I did put Elvis. No, oh, did so, you? Which one didn't we so have? So I have Elvis at ten. You have it at nine. So we have performing about the same. Our <laughs> our differences are: you put the black phone on your list. Yeah. Or I thought about. I thought about. It. I seriously thought, thought about black phone, uh, but I decided to go with Bullet Train. Okay. A bullet train looks it looks solid too. But I just think Black Phone's getting a lot of good hype out of it, so that's kind of why I was. Yeah, Black Phone's a, Black Phone's a solid bet. I just I would bet on. I, I also think the, the Sony is marketing the shit out of Bullet Train, and if and if it's good, if it's like if like a John Wick situation where like word of mouth is really great, I could see a really I could see a breaking a nine spot. This is hilarious. So nine out of ten. <laughs> yeah, uh, we have top we have Top Gun in the same spot. <laughs> nine. Okay. Cool. Cool. Uh, our top. Uh, so of our top five, you and I have four movies in common. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, we have no. We have no open similar spots. You have it at. Uh, you have it at six. I have it at eight. Uh, I. I. You have Minions in the top five. I do not. Uh, I just think. I just think that movie. Like I said, with Despicable well, Me Three. I'm betting yeah. on. I'm betting on uh, to make more money. I'm betting on DC League. DC League of Super Pets to make more money than Minions. Okay. Yeah. And whereas I'm going, I'm kind of going with the, uh, the the safe bet, I guess. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, let's see. Uh, our top two. We actually also have the exact same top two. I figure. Only thing is, I flipped mine. I have Lightyear being number one of the summer. No shit. Okay. Yeah. And you have uh, Thor: Love and have Thunder Thor, number two. Cool. Thor: Love and Thunder being two. And, here, and here's my reasoning. 
uh, I think family film for number one in the summer. Family films are usually a safer bet. You look at you look at Finding Dory in sixteen, or Incredibles two yeah. in eighteen, or Lion King twenty uh, Lion King twenty nineteen. I always think about the same thing. Yeah, big temple family film usually is a safer bet for the top spot than a Marvel than you know, like a big comic book movie. But um, Thor's going to be a family-friendly one too, though. I, I, think. I, I think Thor is going to be great. I think the female female audience is going to hit really big for that, especially considering yeah. that we're getting uh, you know Mighty Thor and Valkyrie in the same movie. This will um, be funny. But yeah, uh, we have a very we have very similar picks. It's just a matter of placement. So uh, ten to one, my I have Elvis, Bullet Train, Nope, Top Gun, Maverick, Minion, Rise of Gru, DC League of Super Pets, Doctor Strange, Jurassic World, Thor, then Lightyear. And you have Black Phone, Elvis, League of Super Pets, Top Gun, Nope, Minions, Jurassic World, Doctor Strange, Lightyear, and and Thor: Love and Thunder. So <laughs> we have it's not going to be a matter of picks. It's going to be a matter of well, it could be a matter of pick. Like te, you know, Black Phone versus Bullet Train could decide this whole thing. This is hilarious, dude. Uh, you can tell that you and I definitely have worked together for a while, but um, gonna, yeah, it was placement. funny because I I definitely was thinking with. Um, I was thinking the same thing you were with one and two. Um, Lightyear, I was like, eh. But I was like, Thor, I, th- I just think is more hype for that. Um, I, I, I that's kind of why you know, I gave it the edge. You, you know it's better than anybody, man. Family family movies. You're not just selling one ticket. You're selling two tickets. I know, but you can do a family film with, with Thor, too, though. I think you could take kids to go see Thor. I think Lightyear has more appeal. I think Lightyear has more appeal than Thor does. It's it's gonna be interesting. I think they're gonna be pretty damn close to one another though. They're, they're gonna be close, but yeah, I'm, I'm betting on light year one. You got Thor number one. Like, so we're gonna post our whole lists on the Facebook page. You can you you can keep track. See how we're we're gonna keep track during the summer to see how we're go, see how we're doing. Uh, but that's gonna do it for the show. We're also gonna get our plugs now before we head out. Yeah, Notorious by Chance on Facebook is the group. Go ahead and join us where we put the polls up for you guys to go ahead and vote on what we review. Also, you guys can find us on YouTube. Notorious by Chance is the uh, title of that one as well. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, at ChanceWars underscore 91. Check out uh, the Mutrish Modem where I do compete. i got some matches out right now. And, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. <laughs>